Welcome, everybody, to episode 14 of The Open Perspective. I am your co-host, David, along with John. Hello. And today, for the first time during the COVID-19 lockdown, we actually have a guest. I'm pretty Yay. sure you guys were tired of hearing me and John talk about nothing. So today, we have Barry. Hello, Barry. What up? Barry. How you doing? <laughs> I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I, I'm actually I, a little nervous. I mean, you're nervous. It's odd. Why? I don't know. <laughs> really? Nerves, nerves are a good thing. This is my first time being on a podcast that's not like I just started one and now I'm not on one. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now you're not on. Wait, huh? I don't know. Maybe we could edit that out. That's strange. No, we don't do no more edits on the open perspective. All this right. is all raw. All right. Right. So if your like roof comes <laughs> crashing down, you need to try to keep recording even while that's happening. Yes. I like it. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I actually wanted to have you on as a guest before I found out you were planning on having your own podcast. And now that you have your own podcast, I was like, all right, let's hurry up and make this happen because I think it's good to get it get you in like at the beginning. While everything's fresh. Um, and you can talk about things related to that, which is not necessarily why, why I wanted you on. But I think it's a, it's a good way to kind of um, kick off your podcast, if you will, you know? Yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I think the Open Perspective podcast is probably one of the first of maybe two or three total podcasts that I really listen to. Um, I mean, it's been how many months now that you guys have had the podcast? I don't even remember. It's oh, it's been it a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember listening to the first one um, and thinking, "Man, that's yeah." Someday I want to do that. It's awesome. August. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you you got it started, man. When you first told me you were thinking about it, I was like, "Yes, absolutely." You know, like if you, I don't know, podcasts to me are still a fresh thing, and I don't know that. You know, everyone in the world is listening to him, but I don't really think that's the part that matters. Right. I think for the reasons why you want to have a podcast, um, the 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 people you want to speak to will be there to listen. And for the reasons that you told me you wanted to have a podcast, I completely agree with you. And I was like, yeah, like as far as I'm concerned, those were the reasons I wanted to have a podcast. And I think that, you know, by all means, you should, you know. So hearing your first one was was really cool um and you're natural with it you know what i mean so it's cool i appreciate that we're trying to get john to be a little more natural at podcasting what what (laughs) (laughs) and i i love i love the format you know it's just it's just free flowing so it's 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 as natural as it gets and you know just record 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 and just talk that's really what it's all about There's always going to be evolution to it, too. Like, you can't really ask, you know, to come out sounding like you've been doing this for years. Just like anything that we do, right? You know, you can't come out the first first day or, you know, right out the gate like, oh, man, this is the most professional sounding thing ever. David and I used to sit there and argue about, like, let's put this in. Let's do this. Let's do that. No, remove that. And you used to have these, like, you know, three, four hour editing sessions of the podcast. Now it's just like, okay, we're done. <laughs> just yeah, record, I, record and upload. 
Yeah. I think for a bit, like I was treating it like a like like your first album. You know what I mean? Where I was like, oh, it has to be flawless. You can't have flaws. <laughs> and John, you know, whether it's John being John or the fact that he's already done a podcast before, um, he was kind of just like, nah, man, don't sweat it, you know. And um, I think that's like my natural way of doing things. I kind of like overthink everything. Yeah, just like me, man. I'm the same way. Oh, yeah, we all so. overthink things. Everyone yeah. Does. It's so good, though, when you just say, fuck it, right? It's good it's feel. way more comfortable. Way more yeah. comfortable yeah. and natural. Yep. And so um, it wasn't it wasn't like the stuff that we were editing out wasn't like it was just literally flaws in recording. It wasn't like we're like, oh, that whole section of what we talked about sounded bad. Cut that out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. And it was so it was kind of like, why am I having John take all this time just for little like hiccups? You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's interesting because now with the whole COVID thing, you see all these like super professional sounding podcasters who are having like real tinny sounding podcasts or like there's flaws or like I forgot whose podcast I was listening to. And you can tell their guest had some kind of a. Not a twitch, but like, you know, when you're talking, you shake your leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had something that they were doing that was making all sorts of noise. And I was just like, man, this dude like won't let up, you know, like whatever it is that he's doing while he's (laughs) talking. It's just it's kind of loud. You know what I mean? And so it's like I noticed that stuff, I think, because before I was so worried about it. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't even matter, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was think, even sending. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I I was just gonna say like it, what tripped me out was like after the first time I recorded, you know, uh, the episode episode one, I was like, man, I became super aware of things that I did, like clearing my throat, or <laughs> and and That's my wife was weird, like, right? Yeah, my wife's like, stop sniffling. Like you're sniffling every ten minutes, and I'm like, really? So I went back and listened to it. I was like, man, she's right. So now I'm super like, I don't want to sniffle. Like, I just want to hold my nose shut or something. <laughs> I don't mind that stuff. I think like, <laughs> I, I noticed like what's been bothering me lately is I keep cutting John off. Oh, yeah. And to get John to actually like fully start talking and not just comment here and there. It's like he's waiting for his turn. And then as soon as he goes, I cut him off. <laughs> so I'm like... What, what, you know, you don't listen to the whole thing necessarily back to yourself, or at least I haven't been lately because, like we said, we're not really editing them. It's just like, whatever, just run it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I decided to listen to the last one, and I was like, damn, dude, shut up. Let John talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was funny. It's it's funny because, like, you know, we have things like uh, Dave used to always call me out because I, I like to rub my head when I'm, like, thinking, you know? <laughs> so I start rubbing my head, and then, you know, Dave is like, stop rubbing your head. <laughs> it's funny too like we we spend quite a bit of time together john and i when we are together um and so like i've noticed you know we usually have uh we'll have like those round table thinking conversation type type of thing yeah and then we'll have like serious conversations so i noticed like when he's in thought this dude rubs his head it's obvious right and so i was like listening to the playback on one of the earlier episodes and i was like this dude's rubbing his head and i was like john stop rubbing your head he's got a shaved head so you, it sounds like sandpaper it's like you know and it's yeah. like me I, I tend to like rub my beard or like i'll touch my beard you know and then i was like damn i can hear my beard hitting the mic like in one of the earlier episodes i didn't yeah. realize how this mic worked you know so like i wasn't used to it yet 
And I so I used to be like right up on it. And I was like, that's my beard in the mic going, f- f- f-, you know, like I was just like, fuck. So you like get stuck on all these like little things. And at the end of the day, it's like, man, who cares? You know? Yeah. But um, well, since we're on the topic, why don't you tell everybody the name of your podcast? Oh, my podcast is called Step Into My Shoes. And yeah. it took me forever to think of a name. And it was just pretty simple. It's a great name. <laughs> uh what what for those that are listening what is your podcast about um the my main goal with the podcast is just to bring people on and have them share their story you know um just the common everyday person it could be a business owner it could be a graffiti artist it can be you know a car guy um you know a sneakerhead you know i'm into shoes i'm into um cars i'm into music and hip-hop and those are kind of the things that have created who i am so i wanted to just kind of show the world that your hobbies aren't a waste because i spent a long big part of my life thinking man i invested so much time and money and all these little hobbies um and you know i always kind of doubted why i did it and you know where i'm at now you know as a father and you know just kind of being out there in the community i kind of realized if it wasn't for all those um little hobbies that i picked up over the years you know i wouldn't have as much experience and i wouldn't have a network of people that i could use to to help me out in the future it's interesting yeah i was gonna say it's interesting how that happens right right it's crazy did would you say you went through that too john where you kind of felt like like you you put too much of yourself into your hobbies yeah we can man that's a that's another day that's another podcast (laughs) i mean you know the stuff that i like to do my hobbies is what brought me to you guys. Right. I mean, just, right. You know, right. Uh, my hobbies are kind of what brought me to where I'm sitting, you know, and whether it was work with computers, like, you know, the stuff I was doing at Apple, that was my hobby, you know, and right. like, you know, stuff like that. And that was always the thing. And we always had that line, you know, you're not really working if you're doing what you enjoy. Exactly. Right. right? And so like, you know, we used to make fun of our hobbies. Like, you know, we used to make fun of people gaming. We used to make fun of people who played, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever hobby didn't match our own. We made fun of that person or whatever. Then you realize, you know what? That hobby is what's pretty much set up, you know, solidifying their, their life or their lifestyle. So what, what do you think um, for both of you? What do you think was the, what created that point where you realized there's nothing wrong with the fact that I have these hobbies and these hobbies have actually gotten me to where I'm at. Is it a level of, success if you will or do you think that that comes with maturing Hmm. i think i think it comes both kind of at the same time um obviously getting older i mean i just turned 40 so i've been doing a lot of like soul searching the past you know i would say maybe two two to three years i've been really trying to figure out like what have i accomplished and what what is my goal here in in my life you know at this Mm -hmm. at this age because i'm like almost in the middle right and right. so I started it. That's when I started doing a lot of reflecting. Um, and for me, I think it was the like the aha moment was when I started um, the Soulworks business. Um, and just being a, it, I started to realize like a lot of the things that I had learned through like my professional career and just like through all the little hobbies that I had, it actually kind of like clicked. And I started looking back and that my skill set and you know, the, the things that I've learned 
and that's when it started to all make sense. Like, man, maybe all this investing time in little silly things, you know, quote unquote, wasn't a waste of time. Right. Right. Um, what do you think, John? My, uh, for me, it was kind of, honestly, it was the last trip we took to Japan. That was kind of, yeah, well, you know, I mean, we've always, I don't really look at success can be made anywhere almost. Right. Like, I mean, let's not, that's not the, for me, that was not my like opening eyes moment. My moment was the fact that when we were in Japan, we were there because we were doing what we love to do. Right. We weren't Mm -hmm. there because, you know, we were forced to be there. We weren't there because, you know, whatever. I was there with a really good group of friends. I was there with my, you know, closest friends pretty much right now. Mm-hmm. And I was there looking at stuff that I don't ever get to see on a normal basis, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, like, we, I've been to Japan with family. I've been to Japan with other folks. But that one hit a little differently because that one was because we were there on, a like, a unified reason like you know and that reason was a hobby for me in the beginning right and you know i think we even said it to each other while we were sitting in our airbnb i'm like i can't believe we're sitting here you know yeah i mean i i think for as much and i don't know to me i don't travel a lot uh yet i still don't feel like i travel a lot but i guess uh i travel more than the average and um with that being said, I still don't take it for granted. I still, I mean, even if it's just being in Austin, Texas, you know, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> I'm, I still am excited. Like I could be at home doing nothing and I'm here in this completely different state. Right. Mm-hmm. And Japan's obviously as a car guy, um, as, uh, shoot, even at, musically, uh, shoe wise, clothes wise like japan is a place to be you know so japan's always something that like i i wanted to do and i've done it before but i think i understand what you're saying that on that trip it was a little different right mm-hmm. um and being that far away from home and just being in that moment yeah there's there's still when i sit back and i'm just like dude i can't even believe i'm here like, yeah, to some people, it's just the cost of the flight. To some people, it's just the cost of the stay. But it's literally, if you take in the moment completely, it's a little different than that, you know? And so I, I do agree with you. The the Japan trip's definitely, um, it's always going to be, it's going to be one of those memories you look back on years from now, you know? Uh, for For me, as far as, your hobbies all of a sudden feeling like they were worth it. I want to say part of it came with age for me. Um, Mm. And that's because, you know, in your, in your twenties, you're like trying to find yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. And so then I think that there was a point when like you're trying to find yourself and I kind of felt like I found, found myself and I was kind of comfortable with who I was. And then I got to the point where I didn't really need to prove anything to myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I was kind of just happy with who I was, you know. And then I had realized that without really paying attention, I found myself in a situation where I kept pursuing the things that I really loved and got myself in a situation where every day 
was every day pretty much consisted something of what I like to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Whether it was a good day, a bad day, I mean, that was kind of irrelevant. It was the fact that I am pretty much in a place where I'm doing what I want to do, but I'm able to live my life, you know? Right. So I don't know. Part of it, I feel like, is is with age because I was able to see that. But it's just it's interesting to me because I feel like when you're when you're real like strongly thrown into this hobby of yours and, and, and it's almost like you choose that over everything else or hobbies. It doesn't necessarily have to be one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like even DJs, like I know DJs that they're like DJing is my life. You know what I mean? And sometimes when you throw yourself at a hobby so hard, you kind of feel like man, I don't know if I have my priorities straight. And then you start to realize that if you're doing things properly, that hobby allows you to to have other priorities. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I think um I I think what you what you just said actually kind of made me rethink my answer. Um and you know you one thing you said is being able to do your hobbies, like being able to wake up and kind of, you know, partake in whatever it is that you're interested in. I think in on top of age and time, it also boils down to like your support system, right? Like I think if it, if my wife and my family wasn't as supportive of everything I do, I don't think I'd be able to, you know, move as, eloquently as i do with the things that i do you know what i mean because in the back of my mind if if they didn't support it if the people around me didn't support what i was doing i feel like i i would always be holding back to an extent yeah absolutely Absolutely. yeah i agree completely agree with that you definitely have to have that wife that's fully supportive of what you do like even my wife she supports everything i do even if she cares about it or not like, what I mean is, cars aren't necessarily her thing, you know what I mean? But she yeah. knows that's my thing, and she supports that no matter how crazy it can be. Um, and she also sees, I think, the things that come from it. And so she realizes that it's not just cars, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%, I agree. So, yeah, you definitely need the support system. Um. Well, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the episode, and I think this we can kind of segue that way, is um, you have uh, an event that you hold. Yep, classic okay. sleigh ride. Yes, and uh, we always said that this is the non-car podcast, but we obviously talk to car mm-hmm. people quite a bit. But this is the part of the car stuff that I really like talking about. Can you? Um, Tell everybody listening a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I host the charity toy drive slash car show every year. Um, we're going on our ninth one. So it started in 2012 um, and it's called the the classic sleigh ride it could, because it's around Christmas time. And essentially our goal is to just bring the community together um, and it's a toy drive. So instead of paying like an entrance fee, as you would to like a regular car show, you just bring a toy, two toys, three toys, whatever it is. Um, and that's your entrance fee. And 
initially it started off as just like I wanted to throw a car meet that was a little different than most car meets. So I thought about, well, if, you know, I'm going to do a car meet in an area that I moved into where nobody knew me, like what would make people want to go, right? Because I, I moved to Southern California in 2011, I believe, from mm-hmm. the Bay Area. So I moved down here. I'm, I'm fresh in this new area. And at the time I had um, Classic was a blog, like a photo blog um, that had that I had started. Um, I had a website and I would just go to different meets, take pictures and post them. And so that's all I was trying to do is, you know, that was a big thing back then is just everyone wanted to get into photography and put put the events out there. Um, so I had the blog and then I wanted to kind of tie everything together and just throw a meet. And I just um, worked with my sister-in-law and a couple of friends at the time, and they helped me organize this little small car meet that was supposed to be just a small car meet and toy drive. And I think the first event we had in 2012 had about maybe 50 cars total. That's good. And we were, I was like excited. And I was like, wow, we collected, we probably collected like 60 or 70 toys. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then it, it just evolved into there. That's crazy, man. Where was the first one at? The uh, It's always been at K1 Speed in Anaheim. No. Oh. Always been at the same one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from okay. the very beginning. I remember going to that meet before I even realized that it was it was your meet. <laughs> um, yeah. I think this was back in you know when I was still driving the coupe around to different places, and and that drive is like a pretty good drive. Uh, from where I I'm at, like it's one of those drives like you know the freeway, you know where the dips are. Like I remember when I used to drive my coupe, <laughs> I always had to make sure like where I was going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so that that drive was always like, okay, I could do that drive, no problem. You know, I'm not gonna mess my car up on that drive. So I would always make sure to go to that meet. Um, the toy drives to me are are always interesting. Like I think the idea is great. You know, you you always um, you're you're giving, right? So obviously that's that's gonna be good. But there's a feeling that I think that you get at toy drives in the sense of like it, sometimes it feels like a meet, and sometimes it feels like a gathering to kind of celebrate Christmas and, and, and the idea of giving, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember with yours, it always kind of felt more warm, if you will. Like it, it felt more like the sole purpose first and foremost is to give to children. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Before it is a car show. And so I think that was one of the first things that kind of made me really pay attention to it. Like, I like this meat, you know? Um, and then when I realized it was your event, I'm like, okay, it kind of makes sense now. You know what I mean? From the very beginning, like I've always seen you as someone who is always trying to help. You know what I mean? You're always Thank trying you. to help people out, doing what you can for them. Um, and then seeing how you are about this sleigh ride, it's like, it, it's really cool. That's why like uh, this last year, like I went by, I took my, my family with me, my wife and kids. And they had a great time. And even my wife was like, wow, that's really cool, you know. And seeing how many toys you got this year, I was like, wow. That's crazy to think of, like, all the different kids that are now going to have toys. You know what I'm saying? So the event event seems to have grown, for sure. Um, And I think that for Southern California, there's a, a... 
there's a certain type of guy car guy who like makes it a point to go to your event there's your event seems to bring the car guys out that don't want to go to car events <laughs> you yes, know what i'm saying I, I totally see that uh it's the guys that have had their car locked up in the garage for a while they don't really want people to know they even have it because they're like worried about them getting stolen or you know <laughs> whatever it is they're trying to preserve their car who knows but seems like they're willing to bring it out to your event so with that in mind too that's pretty cool you know like i remember certain people telling me they were gonna go and i'm like damn you're actually gonna take your car out huh <laughs> yeah yeah i only take it out for this one event every year nice so, yeah it was pretty cool that's um that's really humbling man like just whenever i think back at you know the beginning stages of what i was trying to do back then and see you know like you said it's grown and it's grown like a lot over the years i mean i mentioned the first year we got 65 toys or 70 toys and we were just stoked man we were so excited and last year so it's grown exponentially last year we did 1500 plus Jeez. and <laughs> it's it's just crazy to see like it's not so much the toys, it's the community coming together and, you know, the groups of people that are super generous. And we have drives on top of drives that donate to us, which is nuts. Like I have um, one of one of my good friends, Joe, um, his mom actually is a teacher and she collects toys throughout the year um, just to wow. donate like from her class and her from her school just to donate to the event. Um, but I think to kind of circle back to what you were saying about the vibe that you get at the event, that a lot of that was by design, um, just unintentionally. I mean, when I, when I decided to, to have a meet, you know, I kind of talked about it with my sister-in-law and, and some good friends, my wife. And so they're girls and they're not car girls. They've always liked cars, but when we, I, I took them to like a few meets and, mm. you know, when we would go to these events, they would be like, what's up with these people? Like, they just look at you, like you, you park your car, you know, some people don't even get out, you know, their girlfriends all just stay in the car and the guys just go outside and, you know, they just look at each other and no one says hi to you. And, you know, they just kind of pack up their car and leave at the end of the meet. Mm -hmm. And, and they're like, you should walk around. Cause at the time I was taking pictures Mm -hmm. And I remember my wife distinctly because there was a meet like that I took her to. And she's like, if you're going to take pictures of the cars, take pictures of every single car here. Don't skip a car. And I was like, OK, she's like, even if you think it's ugly, take a picture of it because that's someone's car. They they worked on it. They, you know. And so I was like, OK. And she's like, and make sure you talk to the owner and make sure you shake their hand and you say hi to them and you, you know, have a conversation and be friendly. <laughs> and, you know, I'm naturally that type of person already, but for her to just go out and like direct me in that, it, that really stuck to me. And yeah, so that like kind of vibe and mentality made me like apply that to the event. So when you say like, you know, it's a warm event, I mean, I had, you know, my, my family working there, you know, my brother, my father-in-law my mother-in-law um all my wife's family and uncles and aunts and stuff cousins they all come down and that's my staff you know they're the yeah. ones who greet you at the front 
um, you know, guide you in, you know, are my closest friends and family. Um, and, you know, I would say 80% of them aren't really car related at all. They just see that we're doing something good for the community and they're, they've just been down for the cause since day one. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, my, I know my girls had an amazing time. And I know my wife did too. So I think that for them, that's definitely probably one of their favorite uh, car events that we've gone to. Uh, it just, it, it definitely has a family vibe, which is really cool. And and it's interesting, like, you know, obviously we do the car show stuff. So trying to create a specific type of vibe, it's a lot of work. It's not just as easy as saying it, right? You can't just go, yeah. this is how I want it to feel. And then all of a sudden it magically gets that way, <laughs> you know? Nope. There's, um, all, there, there's also a lot of like logistic things, right? So you guys know this because, you know, of Weekfest, but um, my show wouldn't be as organized. And I think that's where it starts, right? They, they register, you know, they, they get an email back. They, you know, they confirm their spot. They get a roll in time. Like, honestly, you know, if it wasn't for Dwayne, like coaching me with all these ideas. So um, he, he actually was kind of, giving me the pointers in the very beginning stages i think towards the second or third event i hit him up and i was like yo this is getting serious like there's more people coming and i need to be more organized so Dwayne basically you know kind of broke down a blueprint of how i should be running the logistics side and this was back in 2014 i think and wow. since then that's when like it just started being super organized and from beginning to end it's all but you're right it's a lot of work like i don't sleep the months before um and definitely like the weeks before the event um but it's it's worth it man like the day of especially like after we get that count of how many toys and just being able to see everyone again uh it's just a great feeling yeah man that's 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 the part i'm getting at like people don't realize how much work goes into trying to one help other people to create that community vibe i mean it's something that we talk about a lot um uh, in private you know like on our own and with our group of friends obviously because of the week fest stuff it's 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 a lot of work and people just don't really pay attention to it and i think when it comes to toy drives it's definitely something when it's that organized it's like you realize that the people that are responsible for this literally are putting all this work in because they want to provide for others exactly you know what i mean like that's what that's what ultimately what it is you want to provide and help others whether that's the kids that are getting the the gifts whether it's the guys that are bringing their cars out whether it's the people who are just coming to spectate whether it's the the kids that are, are walking around whatever it is it's you're you're just helping people and how much how like for me it's how can you get any more selfless than that, you know? So yeah. it's it, it's definitely something that you should be praised for, you know? I don't know that if you are necessarily often, but it's definitely, for me, it was like, you know what? I, I want to bring you on here to kind of show what you do for others. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I mean, it is, like I said, it I... I literally pour my heart into it and you know it's just something i've been super passionate about it's it's kind of 
it's kind of like my one car thing that I do other than WeFest every year, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't make it to a lot of events, you know, outside of it. And it's, it's mainly cause I put so much, um, I put so much of myself in this event cause I, I literally organize, you know, 99% of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the day of, you know, just my staff just pulls through and they just, everyone goes hard for that one day. And it, it it's some, it's become a tradition. Um, they, you they know, can not... tell they definitely are also, um, they're, they're, they're getting that, that feeling of accomplishment out of it too, you know, and they're definitely having fun and, and they're enjoying the family vibe too, you know? So I'm sure that, I mean, let's be honest, helping other people and giving makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? So I think that the other people that work with you on your staff, they, they feel that too. And you can see it resonate through people. You can see just based on how their vibe is and how, the, how excited they are for the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they got to be tired. Cause I know what time the Rollins are at. You know <laughs> yeah. It's, it's super tiring, like just beginning to end, but it, man, it's worth it. It's definitely I really worth like it. how you guys tie in the whole hip hop thing too. And even the sneakers and all that stuff. It, it's cool, man. I had a good time. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's really my way of crafting, you know, or putting out to the world everything that, you know, like I like we talked about our hobbies, you know, like I'm into all that stuff. So, you know, I try to always incorporate that and it just it makes it a little bit cooler, right? Like one year yeah. we did, I think my favorite one was um the Super Mario Brothers theme. We we did a theme about Mario Brothers and um you know, we actually had a video game truck come out and nice. all the kids could play video games for free. Um, and everyone dressed up like, you know, Mario characters. Um, and then cool. last year we did the 90s theme, which was probably another one of my favorites. And that was just wild. Yeah. Every year we try to make it fun. Just Dude, to last year was attract. sick. Yeah. Even that, Jackie yeah. was like, well, this is so sick. Cause, you know, obviously, <laughs> like everybody that knows me knows I'm in the 90s yeah and uh whether or not my wife was really into the 90s stuff before we got together uh, I, you know i don't know but she definitely was after we were together you know <laughs> so um the decoration like the whole like photo booth setup that you guys had and like everything she was just like this is cool the awards like it tied in the whole hip-hop and dress and graffiti and music and everything it was it was really cool yeah i got lucky with the with that photo backdrop. Well, my wife used to do dessert tables. Um, so oh, she's okay. big on, she's big on photo backdrops and things like that. I she's knew there was some yeah. going on. I was like, and this so, is a little too well done. <laughs> <laughs> so every year we kind of compete for ideas and then we always put it together. But this year I was like, all right, I think what I want to do is just, you know, since we're going to do a nineties theme, I'm going to find props. So I found, I think 30, 20 something boom boxes, like old classic boom boxes. Wow. Um, there was this guy I found that restores them, I guess, but he had a bunch of junk ones. So I took, I took 20 of them and I turned what two or three of them into like the trophies. And then my wife was like, you got to paint them gold. And then the rest <laughs> of them we used as a backdrop. And I think I even found a Vestax 06 pro mixer, like in yeah. mint condition. It just, I don't think it works, but mint condition. I was like, I'm going to put all these, you know, turntables, everything. And that was our backdrop. And then, you know, my wife set up the whole photo booth and, you know, just, it was fun. It makes it fun for people that aren't necessarily there for the cars. Yeah. Yeah, 
definitely. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, my wife, like I said, my wife had a great time. So it was really cool. Um, so back on this whole helping people out, um, there's another thing that you do that I, in my opinion, is still a form of helping people. Uh, and that is the shoe service and the shoe shop, right? Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody about that? So I have a, we have a consignment shop in Corona and we opened it up about a year ago. Um, but prior to that, I was doing sneaker restoring, cleaning um, out of my bathroom. So mm-hmm. I just started, you know, taking old shoes, cleaning them up. And at first I was doing it to kind of trade them or, or sell them. But then the more I started doing it, I was like, hey, you know, I think there might be something here, you know, because people have a lot of shoes laying around and sometimes they just don't wear them because they're dirty or, you know, they're falling apart or whatnot. Um, so I started like a little Instagram account and just started, you know, putting it out there with my friends and family and I, they started dropping pairs off and then one thing led to another. Um, and then I, um, a couple of buddies of mine were opening up a consignment shop to, to buy and resell sneakers and they hit me up and they were like, Hey, um, you know, do you want to jump on board? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do sneaker cleaning too. And they were like, sneaker cleaning? And so we kind of broke it down to them and, you know, sure enough, the, the business model just made sense, but, uh, it started off with just, you know, like a little passion project, man. Like I just like putting things back the way that they should be kind of like a car. So I kind of took that, took that same, like that skill set of like detailing a car and, and, and restoring a car and just applying it to a shoe. That's funny because to me, like restoring shoes just seems like rocket science to me for some reason. <laughs> it's Barry's got a pair of my shoes right now, and I think every guy that can restore shoes can pretty much do what I need him to do. But for <laughs> me, I'm just like, well, I don't understand how these people are doing it, you know. And it it's just like detailing a car, like you hose it down. Like let's say you get an old dirty car that you pick up, and you hose it down, and then after you hose it down, you start to see. You know, like, you know, the paint's chipping here and there, the fender's falling off or misaligned, and you just kind of attack it piece by piece like you would restoring a car. I think um, the reason why I'm so afraid to, like, try to fix shoes is, like, back in the day, I had, like, um, I remember I used to have 11s, right? So, you know how 11s are notorious for the sole yellowing? Yeah. My boy Henry, uh, he was, like, crazy in the shoes. I think at, and this was when we were, like, I was, like, 17 i think when i was 17 henry already had like 600 pairs of shoes and i remember he had started to meet some of these like big time guys in the shoe game right like they had shoes that were you know one of 10 one of 20 you know and so he had already started to meet all these people and he was like really into the shoes and i remember when uh, we both had 11s and my soul started yellow he was like man just paint those soles (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, really? I was like, I never really liked how they were like this yellowish clear anyway. Like, I'd rather have it be like a solid color. And then he was just like, yeah, let's go get some paint. I remember I painted those soles on that 11. And that was the last time I ever wore those 11s. <laughs> was it like, uh, would you paint it black or? Uh, I think I painted it some form of blue. Oh, okay. Because they were the, uh, they were like the all white Carolina 11s. Uh, 
Yeah, the legend blue so, or whatever they're called. Yeah, so then I yeah. like painted the the sole some uh, like a blue that kind of matched it or whatever. Or I think it might have been more on like a royal blue to be like a Dodger blue kind of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was horrible. And so <laughs> I also remember another time. I think it was maybe Air Force Ones or something. Air Force Ones. And I can show you a brand new pair I have right now. Air Force Ones. If you, what I would do is buy like five pair at a time. <laughs> all white air force ones so if you left them in your closet for too long the sole would always look a little bit more yellow than the rest of the shoe yeah so i would pull new ones out be like yeah i'm about to put a fresh pair on and then i was like man these these already started turning yellow like damn you know i didn't know about the whole like put the little rice pack thing or whatever it is in your shoe and silica gel yeah and then like yeah. saran wrap i didn't know any of this stuff you know what i mean and then when i started hearing like some of the collectors were doing stuff like that and i was like that's nonsense <laughs> so you know my soles are turning yellow and i remember like i'd, I'd want to i tried painting them white one time like here let me just redo the sole white that shit looked like I literally got a paintbrush and painted it. You know, it just did not look. So now I got brand new Air Force Ones and I just jacked the sole up completely. And then I remember too, like I tried, I think I tried taping it, but the tape didn't really work. It like bled through the tape. So now I got paint on the part that didn't need to be painted. I was like, you know what? I'm never doing this again. So <laughs> now when they talk about all these guys that customize shoes and they 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 fix shoes, I'm just like, nah, man, that's like a specific type of person's job. I can't do that shit. <laughs> it's um, it's it's definitely you. You kind of have to fail before you succeed with a lot of that. And, you know, like you said, you painted the soles. I mean, it's doable. Like there's a proper way to do it where it won't come off. You know, and painting is just like handwriting, man. Like you, you'll get used to it. It'll get neater as you practice. Um, but like with Air Force Ones and yellowing, I mean, that's that's kind of the stuff I see on a daily basis because those those are the things, you know, like you said, a normal person would be like, well, I'll paint it and then they try it and then it doesn't work. And then they're like, forget it. I'm not even going to deal with it. Just right. buy another pair. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's really like I've messed up so many pairs of shoes just of my like my own and you know thankfully not too many of you know actual clients pairs but right i've i've really had to mess up in order for me to figure out like okay there's got to be a better way to do it so that i don't mess up next time like it's it's nerve-wracking it's it's scary like when i first opened up my services to people it took me a long time to make a decision to even do that because one, I didn't want to mess up anyone's shoes and be responsible, especially if it was like a $500 pair of shoes. You know, I don't want right. to screw it up and then have to replace it or whatnot. Um, so it took me forever to think, okay, should I really do this as a business? Because there's a lot of liability if I mess up. And mm -hmm. and I'm not comfortable with a lot of the things. Like I wasn't comfortable when I started it. I wasn't comfortable with painting. I wasn't comfortable with gluing. I wasn't comfortable with, you know, custom work. And I knew that these these things would eventually come up, but right. I finally just kind of bit the bullet and said, you know what? What if I just start with cleaning? Because I'm comfortable cleaning. Um, you know, I've I've acquired enough knowledge to know like what chemicals I can use, what chemicals I can't use, brushes and so on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna clean. And so I started doing a couple of cleanings, and then I started to realize that as soon as I started cleaning some of these shoes, they started falling apart. Yeah, like either paint discoloration. I remember one time I threw a pair of Air Max 90 infrareds in the washer 
thinking like, oh man, it's going to get super white. And I did it. And this is, this was a client shoot. So I threw it in the washer. <laughs> oh no. And all the infrared and the black, like the little you know, hits on the side and the, and the back swoosh and all that all came uh-huh. out. Air Maxis. So it was, uh-huh. it was, it was chipped. It looked like trash. The shoe was clean, but all the paint oh, no. like was all messed oh, up. So I was tripping out because this was my first like non-friend paying client. And I was like, crap. So after like a day, I sat on it for a day because I was so I was so stressed out. And then I, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I think the only thing I could do is paint it. But I suck at painting. So I hit the guy up and I'm like, ah, man, you know, I'm really sorry. This is what happened. You know, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and I sent and I sent the pictures. And thankfully he was he was cool about it. And he's like, Well, is there anything that can be done? I was like, I'm gonna try to paint it. I already ordered the paint. It's coming in the mail. Just give me a few days, you know. And so I just that was probably the most like nerve wracking thing ever. Just, you know, because you don't know how the paint's gonna dry or look when it's done or match because it's such an odd color, that little bright right. red pink. Right, right. Um, yeah, infrared. Yeah, and and thankfully it matched, and thankfully I didn't really, you know, yeah, my strokes were okay. It didn't, it didn't look bad, and the guy was happy with it, you know, when at the end of the day. Um, but thinking back to that now, I'm like, oh, I, I could have added, you know, paint sealer and other stuff to make it look more OEM. But he was happy with it, and at that point, you know, I was just, I was like, okay, so I'm gonna have to learn how to paint. And then, you know, and then the next shoe, I think glue came off and then the sole started falling off and I'm like, crap, you know, here we go again. Do so you, they do, just, do you do sole separation repair? Um, I don't like to, but I do. Um, and I say that I don't like to, because sometimes I'll get a, I'll get a customer hit me up and say, yo, um, it's just a little bit, like just the tip of the toe is coming off. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I could fix that. And then when, when I actually start working on it, the shoes are at that point are so old and dry. The glue so dried up that if I try to separate just a little bit, it'll come off all the way. And then next thing you know, I'm working with like having to reglue a whole sole. And is um, that is that more of a pain than if you were just doing the tip? Oh, for sure. It's <laughs> it's it's a lot more difficult because you're talking about taking off. Like it, imagine imagine like a carbon fiber hood where mm-hmm. the gloss is like gone. Right. You have to yeah. sand it down remove everything back to like the bare finish and then oh, prep and then re-clear. So it's the same process. If I separate a sole, I have to strip all the glue off of it and then clean it and then prep it and then apply reapply the glue. And then what ends what ends up happening a lot, like with elevens and uh-huh. um how is it elevens and sometimes Jordan fives for some reason that those materials, um, like the different foams and rubbers, depending uh-huh. on, depending on the age, they don't adhere right. It, and nah, it, they'll shrink. So oh wow, there's been a couple pairs. I think it was a pair of infrared sixes that I was working on, hmm. and I took the sole off because it was already coming off. And then I prepped everything and I went back to go glue it, and it it didn't line up at all. Like it was like an inch like an inch off in the back, like the front lined up, but the whole back was off. And I'm like, what the hell? And, and so I started to research and yeah. So some of those materials, they end up like shrinking or stretching. And so it's like not impossible to get it back on, but it's really, really difficult. So I guess this means that you don't want to do my, my flu 12s that the soul came <laughs> off of. 
I, I have three pairs of flu game twelves in the in the shop. Those those might be okay. But the problem with those is they have that little red tab that says Jordan on it. Yeah. And I don't know where to get them. And they always crack depending on how old they are. They they the that tab just cracks when you take the sole off. It's no, so so here's the thing. Before I even knew what soul separation was, I was at Weekfest San Jose wearing my flu game twelves. <laughs> You know, because it's Weakfest San Jose. You gotta yeah, it's, be. It's like a know, Bay Area thing, right? Yeah, you, you gotta have, to have, have like your, yeah, you gotta have like your A game on ready. <laughs> no, you don't. You know what I'm saying, man, bro. No, I, I feel like there's certain people that go to Weakfest San Jose and they don't give a shit about cars. They're just there to rock their new fit. <laughs> no, I know that. I, I there are. However, I don't wear my heat so, to San Jose. I'm just saying. So me being the old guy that I was, I was like, let me put some shoes on. I went in the closet, got some shoes I've only worn about two or three times. And obviously, these aren't like the latest release. You know what I'm saying? And I'm walking through the show, and then boom, my like clear, clear off. It's like I left my soul behind me. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell just happened? Did you have luckily, a, a spare pair of shoes? Luckily, I had... Well, I think I was actually staying in the hotel there. But luckily, I had an extra pair of shoes because I literally only put these shoes on for the show. Oh, man. And so then I was like, damn, I got to go put these other shoes on. But like when I started getting rid of shoes, my flu game 12s were like one of the shoes I really wanted to keep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, John. It's the one time I wear red. <laughs> <laughs> I had to so, say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't worry. I make sure that I find a way to wear blue. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but so, uh, I, you know, I'm just like, I still have them. And I'm like, Some, someday I'm going to get these fixed. But my thing is, I have other shoes I've never worn before. And I'm terrified to wear them because I don't want the sole to come off. Yeah. So is there like, can you like purposely take the sole off and re-glue it before it starts happening? Or is it best to just let it happen? Uh, I would say it's probably best to let it happen just naturally. Okay. Um, yeah, because sometimes separating the sole can warp the materials if you forcefully do it or if it's not ready yet. Got it. Got uh, it. I mean, but it's inevitable. Like the yellowing, no matter silica gel, wrapping it in all that stuff. It it's still gonna do it. Um, there's the one. There was one collection we got in on consignment. Um, it was a girl, and she brought in like thirty pairs of like just random like older shoes from like two thousand between two thousand and two thousand five, and they were all mint, like not yellowed, not separating. And I was blown away because obviously I do restoration, so I I see the condition that most shoes come in. And they were worn, like they weren't beat, but they were worn. And I'm like, where do you keep your shoes? I'm pretty sure she had them like in a in super dark. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> a super dark, like temperature controlled room. That's the only way that you could prevent like, because a lot of people keep their shoes in the closet or just out on a shelf or in the garage or whatever. Where where I messed and, up at, um, sorry to cut you off, but where, where no, I messed up at was that we had moved to Irvine for a little while. And it was like an Irvine, uh, you know, like uh, Irvine Company. They have like the smaller apartments and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like the, uh, what do they call them? Luxury apartments, supposedly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we purposely wanted to downsize. I think it was um, the year that we got engaged. So we downsized to a one-bedroom apartment. Um, before this, we've always had at least like a two-bedroom, 
like a t- we lived in a two bedroom two story townhouse we lived in a three bedroom house like we've never gone down that small and we were kind of on this like starting over phase where we wanted to just like get rid of everything that we had and move into a small apartment and then just kind of start fresh my apartment was so small i didn't even have room for the shoes so when i i kept all my shoes in the garage well i was on the end garage so there was a window in there like right near where my shoes are at um Uh. and that garage used to get hot as shit in the summer and i think that's where all like the problems happen to my shoes like yeah. even stuff I haven't worn, I'm like, man, why is this start? This started yellowing, you know. And I was kind of mad, and that's when I was like, all right, I need to start selling stuff, you know. Um, but I really think that, yeah, that's probably where the downfall. And like you said, you know, a lot of people just keep them in, in dark, you know, like uh, in the garage or like you know places where it's not really best for the shoes. Why am I in a garage? Yours are probably getting fucked up right now. But dude, your house doesn't like it's like refrigerated in your garage. My my garage isn't hot. It's in a dark cabinet with no light, and there's no light into the garage, you know, because under the house. So yeah, your yours are probably perfectly fine. Mine do are you yellow. um? Do you wear your shoes a lot? No, no, not at I, all. I I think um from what I understand, like shoes that have been worn, like the older ones, let's say like you know two thousand three, two thousand four, whatever. I have a lot of like. Those. Yeah, if they're if they're if they're worn like semi regularly, the chances mm-hmm. of them holding up and lasting longer are a lot better. I mean, they've um, been they were worn before. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. semi regularly. Yeah, as long as they're worn, you know. Like I don't, I have the only thing I have dead stock are stuff that are like forever not gonna. I mean, I'm sure they're probably like they're in my closet in my room or like in my um office, which yeah. is still kind of in the garage. Um, but it's there's no light. <laughs> There's nothing in there. Like those are like my red Octobers are in there. My Solars are in there. Uh, like you don't know, like, tell, don't tell people that. <laughs> they, go ahead, come get it. Come try. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we've I've had those. John has a camera uh, down the street from his house. So <laughs> like, he knows when you just get to, like within a, a mile square radius. He already has your own camera. But like, Damn. I mean, you know, like those those shoes I wore a lot because when I worked at Apple, we had to flex our shoes. So like oh, my yeah. rotation was like from all the Jordans, we had days, you know, it's Air Max day, we wear Air Maxes. Or, you know, we had, like, being at Apple, we were shoe, you were, we were shoe heads no matter what. That's all you had, the only way you had to show who you were, because you're all wearing the same thing. Yeah, right, black, and that was like, yeah, color. that was like kind of our, uh, our division for it. But for me, my shoe stuff fell off when Ultra Boost came out. Uh, then I was like, I'm never wearing another shoe again. <laughs> um, that's, that shoe is a game changer for a lot of people. Like yeah, not just not just sneakerheads, like just people in general. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, wearing it. it, it, it like, it, even for people who aren't really in the shoes, it's like that's the last shoe they'll ever buy again. Yeah. You know, you know I, I was wanting to ask you. I was like, why does everyone always say let's hit up Barry for shoes? And I was like, what? I didn't know Barry. Barry doesn't do shoes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Know, it like, was... <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, I I said something about uh, Barry sending me some cleaner. And I yeah. think he was like, "Why is Barry sending you cleaner?" <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing. I wasn't saying that like your shoe game was terrible. It wasn't anything like that. It's just whenever you and I talk, Barry, and we've had like small conversations here and there, we never really talked about shoes. Yeah, you no. know, we kind of were just like, "So how are you doing?" And I think I appreciate that about you is because you and I never talked about what brought us together. Yeah. We just wanted to know how was how are you doing? What are you up to? And I, so I appreciate that. 
as someone who, you know, met you recently and I just kind of like, not really recently, we've known each other for a minute, but kind of just never really saw each other. But when we do see each other, it wasn't like a, like, hey, you know, I do this, and you do that. Well, let's do this for each other. It was more of like, how are you, buddy? And so, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. And that's like kind of rare nowadays. So when yeah. everyone was like, oh, I got to hit a Barry for shoes. I was sitting there. I'm like, wait, what? What? Why? <laughs> what does Barry got to do with shoes? I understand now. And I was yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> now I need to know when my shoes get all kind of worried uh, or like messed up. I know who to bring it to now. Yeah. Barry's yeah, got a, sure. a pair of my shoes right now, man. I had no clue they had gotten that bad. Once I saw them, it was the uh, cool gray fours. The cool gray fours. They mm -hmm. dropped again, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna wear my my cool gray fours because they're about to drop. And I went to go look for them. I'm like, where are my cool gray fours at? <laughs> and I could not find them. Right, and so I'm like, you know, asking Jackie, babe, have you seen my fours? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, gray Jordans. Have you seen gray Jordans? And she's just like, no, I don't know. Just look in your closet where all your other shoes are at. And I'm like, they're not there though, you know. So I'm like, they have to be somewhere. So I go out in the closet. I mean, in the closet, out in the garage, and I start digging through stuff, and I'm like, I can see a Jordan box, like, behind a bunch of car stuff. Oh, no. There it is. <laughs> and I was like, son of a bitch, that's my Jordan 4s. I know it is, right? So I pull them out, and mind you, these 4s, I used to wear them to car shows, because I just, I always loved those 4s, right? Yeah. And so I would wear them here and there, but I would pick and choose when I wore them. So when I pulled them out, and I opened the box, I almost cried. Because I was like, what the fuck happened to these shoes? Oh, you know? no. Uh -oh. So immediately, I was like, I need to ask Barry if he can help me out. <laughs> yeah, so, man. There's, there's some shoes that look okay, like all beat up and vintage, like like a Jordan 1. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't care the condition, right? Because you could wear that thing forever. But I think a fives 4, yeah, fives, I think you could get away with 5s. I don't like, know. 5s, yellow. <laughs> A little too much for me, but yeah. The fours, not though, fours. fours have to look crispy like yes. every single time. Maybe yeah. they can't restore my Mars. Maybe I'll have you restore my Mars. Yeah, I've the done red. a few Mars. I have a couple at the shop right now. I'm actually oh, really? backed up on threes and fours. It's, I think that out of all the shoes I get mostly, um, if I was like to rank them, it would be threes and fours tied. Like I get those really weekly. Yeah. Um, wow. And then 11s. I get a lot of 11s because yeah. of the yellowing and, you know, the separation and stuff like Everybody that. Everybody has 11s. Too. Yeah. And those are people's favorite shoes, right? Three, mm -hmm. four, and 11. Ones is just kind of like recent. Like everyone's into ones now. But I think the only reason why I like ones so much now is because you can wear like regular pants with them. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's what really makes me appreciate the ones. Uh, I always liked ones before, but I think when I was really heavy into buying shoes, the ones weren't... Um, they they weren't the classic colors. They were coming out with like random shit, you know. Yeah. I was like, the, I don't I don't want this random color one, you know. That's true. And the cuts were different too. They were like not as high. They didn't look like the original. Yeah. So yeah. people always shied away from ones, but I got some yeah. uh, 72, 72 10s, eleven elevens. Hmm. Once once things get back to normal, I think I'm just gonna send them to you because I haven't worn them yet. And they've been up in my closet, and I bet you in the two years they've been there, they're already starting to yellow. <laughs> For that shoe, it should be okay. Because I think they came, like, pre-yellowed a little bit. They weren't, like, they were, like, a milky white. They weren't, like, super clear, like a Space Jam. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, you'd be surprised what happens after you pull them out after years. I know, man. It's just got me bummed out. I just, so. My best advice is just 
just rock your shit, man. Yeah, that's what I've been doing lately with the the, the more recent releases. I've just been wearing them. Fuck it, let me wear them. Let me wear them. <laughs> I don't go anywhere. Well, well now, mean, yeah. None of us are really going anywhere, John. <laughs> I never really go anywhere to begin with. I already, I already told everybody I'm just going to wear Jordans around my house now. <laughs> oh, man. just you, you guys got me on New Balance, man. I've been wearing, I've been wearing my... Um, well, the 990s, like oh, every man. day. Man, I love shoots. New Balance. Ask, ask John. How, John, how long did I talk about those New Balances before I found them at Kith? <laughs> two or three years, it felt yeah. like. Man, I found them at Kith, and it was funny. So we're all together. We're, we're in uh, New York for Week Fest. And um, we, we go up to Kith, and I'm like, oh, my God. The New Balances I want are here, right? So I grab them. <laughs> and I think they were like 250 and I was like, damn, 250 I could buy XYZ Jordan. I could buy some yep. Yeezys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like almost at the point where I should just buy some Yeezys. I'm out, and I'm trying to buy some dad shoes. You know, like I was kind of <laughs> like, uh. So then I, I looked at the guys and I was like, hey, what do you guys think? Should I get these? They're 250 And it was like almost like they all said it at the same time. <laughs> like, fool, you've been talking about those shoes for like two years already, man. You better hurry up and buy those. <laughs> <laughs> We were sitting there like, what are you doing? So I bought the shoes, obviously. And since then, man, I've been hooked. Like 990 V2 specifically for me. Yeah, I like the V2. If you see a 990 V2, anyone listening knows where you can get 990 V2s, let me know because I'm stacking them right now. And I've been been hunting down New Balance on, on eBay lately. And even used, man, they go for a lot. It's a, a thing in, in Japan, apparently, to buy used yeah. ones. Yeah, because the the more beat they are, it's like more yeah, street cred, I guess. It's crazy. I'm still not really about that. Like, you sent me that uh, eraser. So the sole on the 990s are, like, really hard. Um, yeah. And, and when the dirt when dirt sticks to it, it, like, sticks to it. So I hit it with that the suede eraser. I don't know why. I was like, let me just try hitting this sole with it. Did it and work? It act- yeah, it worked. Uh wow. Damn, damn, actually made it. And, and the thing wasn't so much that it was dirty. It was that the dirty spots were inconsistent. It wasn't like a smooth, mm. like fading, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, nah, man, I need to get this a little bit cleaner. But I definitely didn't hit those as hard because I'm like, I, I know I'm not a berry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had some Air Max ones that I wanted to start wearing to work. And I just, they had gotten so like dusty and just from being thrown, it was like a pair that I just like threw in the closet. They weren't even in their box, you know? Yeah. And I think like they were in the garage for a while or something, but I was like, yo, I want to clean these up and start wearing them to work again. And uh, so I, I cleaned them and sure enough, like, you know, some of the paint came off, some of the the suede kind of got messed up, but I was like, at least they're clean. And I can, <laughs> no, it was like the Air Max that you, you said you threw in the washer yeah. They were clean, but they obviously got a lot of problems. I just needed to get them clean. Yeah. But after that, I was like, yeah, I definitely can't do this. Like, if I got a shoe I care about, I definitely got to see if I can send it to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's humbling, man. Like, when, when people think of me whenever they have, like, a, a messed up shoe or whatever, I think, man, you know, I'm so used to just walking people through how to clean it, you know, and, and yeah. just kind of showing them. Because... Everything I've learned, I got, it was all free information. You know, I never took a class. I never, you know, I, I've just networked with people, hit up people. And all, I have like a list of people that do restorations all over the world, really. I, there's a guy in the Philippines. Um, and every time I encounter like a really tough situation, I'll hit him up. And 
he's just he responds right away which is crazy because i'll hit him up our time i don't even know what time it is in the philippines but there's just a lot of people out there that are so willing to just give me information Mm -hmm. that sometimes i forget that you know people actually pay me for my service because i'm just like oh we'll just try this and that and then midway through the conversation they're like man i don't know what you're talking about can i just drop it off (laughs) so so it's 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 crazy but it's cool to have people that are like that now because i think i don't know that's honestly why i feel like i'll never be able to own a business because i've always been wanting to like help and not charge you know what i'm saying like i can never figure out like okay at what point do we charge right well when it's when you put that responsibility on the person that you're helping that's always cool because it's like i don't know man can i just pay you to do it and then it's like (laughs) sure you can you know exactly But when it's the other way around you're like oh well I, i i was just trying to help you you know but okay like there's people that will take advantage of that and they'll just be like, Oh, help me, help me, help me. And then unfortunately, when you're someone who likes to help, you're going to keep helping. And then by the time you realize what happened, it's too late, you know? Um, You just invested a lot of time for no no return or little, little, little return if anything. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. I think that, you know, people are starting to understand, I think our generation's full of, um, you know, entrepreneurs, even if it's their main source of income or if it's something like you where you kind of have this hobby that you've turned into like your side gig and it's working out for you. We're finally getting to the point, I think, where people are like, I'd rather support what you're doing. And and I appreciate that you're offering this service. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. That, that part's to me is that's kind of where I'm at. Like when it comes to stuff, it's like, let me. I appreciate that you're even offering, so let me help you help me, you know? Right. Um, it's interesting, though. I feel like, you know, we were talking about all the different hobbies. They kind of, you for sure are doing it, but it's funny how they kind of all start to blend together, right? Oh, yeah. Car guys are going to be shoe guys, shoe <laughs> guys, you know, like, you know, so on and so You're into hip-hop. Oh, you like shoes, too. You know, you're into... Um, you know, hip hop guys or car guys, like it just kind of all goes together. So I feel like it's a, it's definitely a great way for you to network. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like people will come in. I, I remember when I went. It was last year, last sleigh ride. Um, one of my one of my best friends. Um, her name is Charlene. She she was like, you know, she worked for me, and then she nothing to do with cars, right? So she mm-hmm. came after like all these years. She's like, I really want to see your event because I see you post about it. I don't know. I don't know really what it's about, but I want to come. So she drove down and she came to the event last year and she's like, wait, so you, you do all this? Like, yeah, I do. And she's like, but you know, each person here. I'm like, yeah. She's like, no, but you know them by name. I'm like, yeah, I pretty much, you know, know everyone that comes to this event. And she's just blown away. And I'm like, thinking back and that's kind of one of my moments where i'm like wow i met this person through shoes i met this person you know through the charity event i met this person at week fest like everyone just it, that network just keeps building from all the you know different things that i've been into and everyone's like that right like you guys yeah. were all brought together through different things and then some things you figured out you had in common after and some things you already had in common prior um it's just it's crazy when you look back at everything. I think sometimes too, um, you know, we talk a lot about when you have things in common with people. 
Um, for me, I find myself now relating to people more so when we have a mentality in common. Does that make Definitely. sense? Definitely. Yeah. Like I think for for like you and I, that's one of the reasons why like we clicked. Like, or I was just like, "Yo, what's up, Barry?" It's because it was more so like I seen how you were, even from back in the day, like in the car stuff. Like you kind of always seemed a little different than everybody that you were around, you know. And it wasn't like, I think back then I couldn't really put my finger on it, right? Until years later when we saw each other again at Weekfest and I was just like, oh shit, Barry, what's up, dude? Like, I remember seeing you at like the car meets and stuff. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, you have conversation and then you see how people are and you're kind of like, okay, now I get it. It's like, we're kind of on the same mentality. And then that's where you start to kind of relate to people. And so that's kind of what I was getting at. Like for me, you you're always just like the shoe stuff. It's like you're you're really just helping people out. You know, people that need their shoes fixed. Yeah, but you're still trying to figure out a way to help them. I mean, even in it, what you do with your day job, you're helping people. You know. Yeah. And so it's just one of those one of those things, and I think that that's really something like for us, for John and myself. Uh, I know John's always like that. Like I don't know anyone that helps people more than John does. Like if he can, if there's something that he can do for someone, he's going to do it, you know, especially if it's someone who's not going to take it for granted or take advantage of the situation. <clears throat> so um, here on the podcast, that's something that I really like to to put out there and, and, and show people is like, you know, I, I think too, sometimes with people, I am an asshole, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm usually nah. an asshole once I know someone and I have a reason to be an asshole. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, I don't think I'm necessarily an asshole right off the off the jump. I can be if I'm especially if I'm trying to take on that role for the day. But it's it's for me, I, I genuinely like helping people. And I think that as people in general, we should all have that mentality is like, how can you help one another, you know, <clears throat> create community, which is what you're doing with the the meat and even the the shoe stuff like the shoe community is huge too you know these are all all things that like we were talking about um your hobbies now all of a sudden it's like you're not you don't feel guilty about your hobbies to me i don't because most of my hobbies have some kind of community built around them yeah i think i think that's one thing that enables you to continue your hobbies, right? When you know you don't, there's no, there's no guilt. If anything, it's, it drives you to keep, um, you know, doing things that supplement the hobbies because you see the reward. The return on investment is not monetary. The return on investment is, you know, conversations you have with people, the fact that, you know, you've done something to enrich someone else's life or inspire people. And that's really what it is, man. Like, Honestly, I, I do it for the community, but I do it a lot for my kids, too, because when they grow older, I want them to kind of think back at their childhood and be like, man, we were always like helping people in some form, shape or another, you know, like volunteering at school, um, you know, whether it was through sleigh ride. I know sleigh ride is going to be something they're never going to forget, you know, right. Ho hopefully someday they, they they continue it on when I get, you know, too old to do it. But, um, you know, or or if they do something totally different, that's still kind of the same thing you know that's it's kind of all we can look forward to and that's a cool idea if you think about it you you can't i feel like as parents you like to think about what you're going to pass down to your kids right yeah and I, and I don't mean like 
physical things, but like what what traditions, what um, what uh, what am I trying to say? Like the the things that you really care about. What are you gonna pass on to your kids? Are they gonna care about the same things? Are they gonna try to do the same traditions? But having an annual event where you help people out, I've never thought about that. The idea of of passing that down to your kids is great, you know. Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, my daughter's almost driving age right now, so every day I think she's been she's been looking at you know EKs and EGs. <laughs> she's really on trying the road. to get a new Honda. Yeah, she wants an S two thousand, and I said hell no. <laughs> she's a girl, <laughs> because, man. It might be okay. <laughs> yeah, she wants a she wants a S two. I had one for like a couple months, and she fell in love with it, but not for her first car. I already. You know, maybe maybe an, maybe an EG or EK or something, and she's probably going to listen to this. But she already knows <laughs> she's a good kid. But yeah, it's 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 cool because she's not like she's at the age where obviously when you're you're growing into those teen years, you're like, okay, well, it's cool to have a car. I want to have a car. I want to have transportation. But I think she's also kind of looking at the type of car because when I was young, I didn't care what kind of car. I just knew I wanted a car. But she's oh, like man, a little bit more specific, you know? Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool to be able to look forward to that, you know, that, you know, there's there's hobbies and passions you can share with your children and pass down to them. Yeah. How old is she? She's um she's 14. And she's already thinking about S2000? Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, man. My <laughs> <laughs> oldest right? don't, we'll don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. What you could do, Barry, is buy the S two thousand for yourself. Oh, trust me, it's, <laughs> it's been yeah. That's that's already been through my thought process a few times. But <laughs> I might I might settle for an EG or or EK or something, and just drive that around for the next two or three years. And that's know, why you want her an EG or EK. Yeah, it has nothing to do with not giving her S two thousand because you want an EG or EK. Uh, you're like, yeah, hey, here well, it is. I got I got two kids. Noah will probably take the EP, right? So that'll be more more classic when he gets older. But yeah, you know, maybe an older one for Jasmine. I don't know. We'll see. S two thousand standard. John's kids are trying to figure out when they're going to sell his car. <laughs> no, they're, they were. Keone already says the orange one's his. <laughs> That's why I told see John Keone's John's oldest, and he's always like, "Man, he's not really into cars." I'm like, look, if if he knows that he wants your car, that's all in the cars he needs to be. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah, that's true. You know what he's, I mean? Like, you got that car, you're good. Yeah. Well, I I never thought that my daughter was into cars. Like, I I never really did until just recently, where I'm like, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, you know what? You you actually know a lot about cars, and it's probably just from being around it. You that's know, funny. but it's not like she has like an S2000 as her wallpaper on her phone or anything. <laughs> You know, she's, right. I don't think she's like at that level where she's like obsessing over it, but but she does know a lot about it just from being around. You know, look to be uh, honest, man, I feel like it's gonna be kind of hard to have a kid that obsesses over cars the way we did, regardless. Yeah, I agree. Really? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that something that you necessarily pass down to? The only person that I know that has a a, a kid who's like really into cars is Fred, and. That's because Jalen's been around us from day one. Like all he knew was like the crew being together, cars being everywhere, like washing and working on the cars. And I, it, it's different, you know, like it was almost like 
it's not like it was force fed, but it's like think of it as your dad being a uh, coach or something, right? And then you right. going, nah, I don't care about sports. But that's how Keone has it. That's all he knows. I mean, he went to car shows and events, but was he like in the car with you all day and wrenching yeah. on the car with you? Yeah, when I worked on it at the house, he would. He would come to the shop when the shop was in the city. Yeah. And he's just still not really about it, huh? I mean, he he found gaming, you know. You let him find something else. That was your fault. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> gaming will pay off more than the cars. Trust yeah, that's, me. <laughs> you're right. I mean, he can go to college on a gaming scholarship, so I'm not yeah. really sure. That's crazy. <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah. But also, too, I, you can't also be – you can't also put anything at fault if it doesn't work out the way. Right. Look at, look at Michael Jordan's kids. Yeah. Yep. That's right? true. His two yeah. sons don't. They played ball, but I don't think they played ball like his dad did. I don't think they cared about it ever like their dad did. Right. You know. But they yeah. also had. They already had the throne, though. They are. They are heir to the throne. Yeah. So, it, it's a different mentality when you're heir to the throne. Yeah. Maybe that's Keone's problem. There's no throne. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I think too like. You know, when when we were growing up into cars, it was more like a lot of it was discovery mode, right? Like when I was young, when I got my first Civic, I didn't know anything about it. And there wasn't much out there about it. Like we kind of learned, like I built my first intake with PVC piping. I mean, that that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like my kids grew up and the cars are they come stock turbocharged now. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> it, it, right. so part of that, like passion that we have, like as as like older enthusiasts probably comes from like there was nothing around and we didn't create it, but we were there as it was like being created. So right. there's more, there's more importance to it for us versus just waking up and there's an iPhone in your hand already, you know? Yeah. Or like, you know, the car's already built on the street, like off the lot. I, I think uh, for me, you know, when I found out I was having two daughters, I was like, man, well, the chances of them being in the cars is probably slim. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I didn't want to be that dad that's like got two little girls who's like forcing them to like cars. Right. I, yeah. I, I think that for me, I'm not really trying to force anything. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I've just kind of like slowly done little things here. Obviously, they see how much I'm into cars. Um, you know, one thing that I said I always wanted to make sure my kids understood is how to be around a car. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure you're not stepping all over the seats. Don't leave a mess in the car. Don't push the door open and hit someone else's car. Don't lean on it. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, these are all things I'm like, nope, you do not get near someone's car like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so they understand that I care about cars. Like, they're like, damn, daddy really cares about cars, you know? <laughs> and um, I've slowly, like, for me, it was like, okay, like, I've been buying them Hot Wheels since they were babies, right? And I'll just, you know, come home with like four Hot Wheels, kind of set them there. I won't say anything. I'm not like, hey, did you see I got you this Hot Wheel? Or like, go play with this, whatever, you know. And they kind of just have a, a pile of Hot Wheels. But don't get me wrong. All their Hot Wheels are like the good ones. You know what I mean? They're not the, the, the little like, what the hell kind of car is this? You know, it's like they have like the 280Zs. They have like the the old Chevy truck, like whatever it is. But it's like all the specialty Hot Wheel ones. And um, so, like I said, I've never, I've never really done anything. And then, 
the other day, my daughter was like, Dad, will you play with the, with the cars with me? And I was like, man, I waited your whole life to hear that. You know, like, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'll play with cars with you, you know? <laughs> and it was funny because naturally, like, the kid in me came out, right? And I start making the little car noise, like, you know? And then they're like, hey, how'd you do that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it sounded like a real car. Do it again, you know? And so we're, like, playing. And then all of a sudden, my other daughter's like, what are you guys doing over here? I'm like, oh, we're playing cars. Like, I want to play cars. So I'm like, here I am with my two daughters playing cars now, you know? And, and it's funny because, like, I... I'm not pushing it on them, but then I realized that, you know, like I'm trying to get rid of my LS right now. And then they're like, daddy, why are you going to sell your car? And I'm like, oh, I want a different car. And they're like, but we like this car. I'm like, why do you like this car? And they're like, oh, cause it's always so clean and it has a TV in it. And <laughs> you know, I, I, I like the wheels and I'm like, damn, they, they're already noticing the wheels. Like, this is cool, you know? And then, so the other day, like I hear them talking, they're like, which one of your cars is, which one of the cars is your favorite car? And then my other daughter says, uh, I really like daddy's fast car. And it's funny because my M3 is the fast car. That's what they call it. And they it, they literally think that's the name of the car. Like anytime they see a BMW badge, they're like, look, daddy, it's a fast car. I'm like, no, that one's <laughs> not that fast, babe, you know? So like, you know, now they're like deciding which car they like unfortunately one of my daughters hers was the ls so i'm like oh i'm sorry baby i'm probably gonna get rid of that car at some point you know so it just kind of sucks but i'm like all right well hopefully by the time they're you know 14 years old 15 years old like you said maybe they'll at least know what kind of car they want you know i don't yes. i don't know that they're gonna want to necessarily modify it but if they can just tell me like if, if my daughter came and said hey i want an s2000 that'd be enough for me like i'd be like all right well you actually said that you wanted a specific type of honda like i'm oh, cool she, with it. she was really specific she said i want a silver one with tiffany blue wheels i was like oh <laughs> all right all right let's do it <laughs> yeah that's but. cool do you do you find it difficult this is something that i like to talk to people about because i think that it is difficult for some people. And I think that people that are, are kind of making their way think it'll be difficult. Do you find it difficult to balance the family life, your, your nine to five, the shop, the car stuff, like all at once? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that is my daily, that's like my daily struggle. Like if there's one thing that I want to get better at, it's that, but I've kind of accepted like life is pretty crazy regardless right. of, you know, what, what you got going on, whether it's a little or a lot. Um, for some reason, my life has just always got a lot going on and I just kind of ride the wave, man. Like I, I, I just really have to, you know, my wife's really good about communicating if I'm not spending time with the family enough, mm -hmm. you know, like if she sees me on my phone too much, she'll kind of nudge me and be like, Hey, get off your phone. And then it'll just kind of click in my head. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing too much of other things. Um, but it's really hard to balance because you're talking about like six or seven different hats that I'm wearing. It gets crazier around sleigh ride time because I, I exert so much effort into that. Mm -hmm. um, but that also coincides with like school start, the school year starting, because that's about when I start planning it. Um, and then I'm also active in school stuff. So yeah the answer the the long answer is yes it's very difficult to balance <laughs> what um what typically gets the the back seat like what's like that's the first thing that you're gonna like push away and go i don't have time for that right now 
Uh, you know what? Probably like my day job. You know, obviously I'm there, but you know, while I'm there, sometimes I'm trying to focus on other stuff. So, unfortunately, that's what it is. But I've been doing that. I've been doing that so long that that's kind of on autopilot. Right. So that's the first thing I kind of you know would put to the side, and then, um, you know, but when family calls, it's always family first, right? Yeah, of like, course. So if, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, it's 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 really difficult to juggle. Do you um how often do you work at the shop? Um well right now it's on and off because of the whole covid thing our doors right. are closed technically yeah. but I'm still still there like trying to catch up on work. Mm-hmm. Um on a on a normal let's say 2 to 3 days a week. Gotcha. And, you and do, then off hours like in the evening. Um yeah, so we the way that we kind of split our workload is that there's obviously the front consignment shop where we're there doing the shoe thing and then there's also the cleaning part so i'm usually you know in the front of the store maybe once a week and then the other two or three or four days i'm at the shop in between hours just trying to get stuff done it's crazy man yeah it's It's not it's it's not easy to to like everyone's always talking about oh you got to get on your hustle right well it's like get on your hustle while you, you it's easier for you because once you have a family and then you have your day job that has to provide for your family and then you want to do this other thing that is either it in itself is your passion so that's already fulfilling or if it's the fact that you want the extra money that comes from it to be able to do the other things that you want but then you got to have time for that it's like it's a lot yeah and it's it's crazy thankfully and, and and i know you guys can relate like thankfully my wife is very understanding with everything that i do and supportive and back to what we were talking about i think that's the only way that i can really like juggle all the different things um there's times when we shut down completely and we're just like like you, you know and john's obviously someone that does this like he'll shut down and it's almost like you don't want to do anything else but just focus on your family for a bit and it usually happens for us what december john mm-hmm. yeah december usually like i mean I'll, I'll text john just to be like hey everything good just because it's like i haven't talked to you you know and especially for john because he's got like a crazy ass november yeah um yeah. but uh it, it just you know sometimes it's just like as much as i love being a part of everything that we do it's like you almost just go okay I need to shut everything off and just do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to do it. Yeah. Especially not to burn yourself out. I think for me that usually happens like like after SEMA. I usually get very like, all right, I don't want to be around anyone. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> that's like November. That's in November too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Late in the year. And then, you know, it's one of those times when my daughters will look at me and be like what do you why are you just looking at me daddy you know <laughs> and it's because sometimes i'm just there just watching like i'm just like i just want to watch my kids play or whatever they're doing because i feel like this moment is it's 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 like there's always this traffic where everything's moving so fast and i finally have a moment where i can just settle and just slow down and just focus on nothing or everything that it is what they're doing you know and it's like i remember when what made me ask that is that i remember when you told me about the the consignment shop i was just kind of like damn how do you have time to do this stuff you know (laughs) i i don't 
but I do. I mean, <laughs> it's um, I split my days and then I communicate with my wife like really frequently about kind of what what's going on like right now and then what's kind of in the forefront, you know, in the future. And so she can kind of prepare because she's busy too, you know, taking yeah. care of the kids and and then you know she helps out a lot at school and she has a lot of other side projects that that's always going on. Our lives are pretty crazy, but somehow like at the end of the day, we're able to to get through. And I think you just gotta. It's not so much being on the grind; it's really just kind of you know trying to be good at yeah multitasking and just splitting your focus. Yeah, um, I mean, even the podcast, that's another one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like, I know, I know John, especially right now, he's fighting his kids for the office. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yep. I, like for me, it's like even there's even nights where we're supposed to record and, and it's like, I want to record, but, you know, we're all sitting together and I kind of just want to sit here and I don't really feel like getting up from what I'm doing with them, you know? Yeah. And we and we have those times, and then it's luckily it seems like the nights I feel that way, John's kind of got the same thing going on, and it's kind of like oh, we didn't even need to really talk about the fact that we're not going to record, you know? Right, right. And um, and so that's why, like, even with my our guests, like, I usually try to give them like a a, a heads up, like we're sometimes even two weeks ahead, like, hey, we're going to record on this day if that's cool with you, because it's like I understand how life is, you know? And even with my wife, it's like. I I want I don't want her to be like oh man I, all this stuff that I wanted to do today and then now you have to record for two hours or however long it is, and I wasn't expecting it you know, so it's more like here let me give you a heads up I want to record on this day you know, and that's why like we were gonna record the other night and I was like yo I'm I'm kind of hitting you up last minute here if you can't like I get it and then I realized that I kind of had one of those moments myself where I was like I don't know if I want to record today. <laughs> John, you know, and I I try not to. I won't be that way if I have a guest. You know what I mean. And when John was like, "Let's just push it a little bit," then I was just like, "All right, like he's making the right call because he already knows what's going on." You know what I mean? Right. So I was just like, "Yo, let's just push it like two days. We'll be good." Mm-hmm. So yeah, every everything always works out. I mean, it always works out for the best too. You know, yes. Yeah. Just... Sometimes patience is a is a big factor in, you know, having a busy life too. You just you can't do too much at once. And I think that's that's something that can really overwhelm people if you're trying to do too much. Yeah. Yep. John just does tries not to do too much at all, huh? Lately. <laughs> but but that's COVID- good though. The, the, the COVID situation has gotten John and their family like right where they want to be. That kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like I think. Go ahead. Being busy within your own the own the walls of your own home and yeah. is like completely different. Where you're just like, yeah, we're busy, but we're here at home, and I'm fine with this busy. No, no complaints whatsoever. Like everybody has a project, you know, yeah. like. Everyone in the house has like a specific kind of important project that affects other people, not just themselves. And it's kind of interesting. Like my kid is recreating his school and in, in our church and like the, the neighborhood around it in Minecraft so that the eighth graders could have their graduation. You know, oh, that's and, cool. 
you see people like posting it. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. And these kids are not. They're just like, you know what? I don't want, I don't need any notoriety for it. I just want to do it for them. You know, so there's he's in he's in on his computer, which is next to me. He's not on. The, he's not here now. But I, I told him, like, we're recording a podcast. So you can either sit here and be quiet or you can, you know, kick it somewhere else for a couple hours. But like I, I listened to him and he's talking to his friends. He's like, oh, we got to get this right. We got to do this right. So that's cool. So then, you know, I don't really bother him in the office because that's going on. He's, you know, working on a project. Michelle is recording a segment for a TV show uh, that uh, San Francisco Unified does. Uh, for their kids and so she records that like once a week and so she uses my off my desk like my gear for it just you know where i'm sitting now so she takes over that for you know a couple hours out of the week so everyone has these projects that are going on and i'm like trying to coordinate everything i'm like all right we need this for this day we need this for this project we need this for this project and there are days and david will call me out on it i don't talk to anybody because i'm just done for the day (laughs) And he'll, David will hit me up. He's like, wait, you don't want to talk to nobody today? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. And he's like, what'd you do today? I was like, I don't know. I installed new window shades. Uh, <laughs> like I'll do some kind of DIY project just so like I don't kind of like, you know, lose uh, sense in anything. A DIY that's not car related. How's that? Yeah. And so it's like something around the house, rebuild something, clean something, you know, just kind of weird things like that. John's doing the the typical like let me find stuff to do around my house that I kept saying I would do and haven't done. Yep. Oh, yeah. But then he's also got his entire family on like a spreadsheet of you're doing this from this time and then you're yep. doing this at this time. So he's just his thing is that he's tip he's doing the typical John thing of being overly organized, which has now created a job. Yep. <laughs> I'm an admin assistant to this uh, to the board to the house to the house. Yeah. <laughs> board of the house yeah like you know yeah, he gets like that like when we go on trips i'll be like oh you know like, we'll be talking about stuff and john plot his ipad i know when he pulls out his ipad like i'm like oh here we go he's got that <laughs> and then by the time we're done with the 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 conversation it's like here you go I'm like what's this this is what everybody has to do at what time <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is how we're gonna stay organized you know <laughs> and it's like oh shit okay how, how did you just make that you know but it's it's definitely useful, but it's it takes time and work, you know. So I oh, keep yeah. telling John, I'm like, hey, you're gonna keep being tired if you're gonna keep turning your daily life into a job. Yeah, that's well, fine though. It's fine. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, the kids. This is their school now, right? Ten forty-five, yeah. be on a Zoom call. Eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, be on another Zoom call with a different teacher. So you know? easy, man. Yeah. And so, you know, the 15 minutes or 10 minutes that we used to take to go from like one room to another room, like in high school or whatever, yeah. they're, they're taking those 15 minutes to go from one teacher from science <laughs> to social studies, but they're just sitting at their desk. That's wild. It's that's... wild. Are your, are your kids doing the same thing there? Um, in a sense. So, so when the first, when the quarantine first happened, you know, my wife had this long, you know, it was like a 20 point uh schedule checklist you know you wake up you brush your teeth blah, blah, blah all the way down to <laughs> oh, you know school yeah and why is that that very, very very similar but it only la- it only lasted about a week because <laughs> after that week man that there was a lot of tension in the house like you know my kids weren't used to it my wife wasn't used to it and just finally we just oh, threw yeah. the schedule away and we just kind of did <laughs> what we could do you know and and it, that that actually is working out a lot better i mean but I think for the most part, you know, like 
it was it was a weird adjustment and the kids are used to that structure like what john said you know 15 minute period intervals like they're used to that and when you don't have it it's like what am i doing it's you crazy know? so it's crazy that you don't realize how much the structure affects your kids um yeah. I, I think we started to get a little too loose with like bedtime oh yeah and... I think my kids are awake right now on the couch. They're just watching TV. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, well, John's kids—they do whatever they want when it comes to what time they go to sleep. But <laughs> for us, it was like you know, I'm looking at it as why make them go to sleep early? They're just going to wake up early, and then you don't have that little bit of time to yourself yeah. before they wake up, right? So I'm like, we don't have to put them to sleep at a specific time. Well, which. I guess you, I didn't realize in the moment is that <laughs> kids are like anyone else. If you sleep late, wake up early, you the lack of sleep is going to now start to change how you function. It's going to change your mood. It's going to. So then they started getting cranky and they were finding <laughs> homework harder. And I'm like, what is going on? And so we're slowly figuring out like, all right, get them back on a good sleep schedule because then they'll wake up freely with energy they'll have you know be able to concentrate better on their homework or not homework but their school work i guess school homework and uh they won't be as cranky you know one of my daughters man when she's tired she's like a huge baby she just like whines <laughs> like when she's talking it's just whining and then she gets yeah. very short-tempered like everything just like gets her frustrated she's a lot like her dad but, uh, <laughs> so now um now when i see it i'm like okay we're gonna take a nap because i know you're tired and everything just like anything else you know it's all in how you talk to him if you're like all right you need to go to bed you're, you're you're acting like a brat and she's gonna get mad about it right but whenever i talk to her and i'm like you know i know that you're tired um why don't we take a little nap so you could just be in a better mood and you won't be sleepy and you can do whatever you need to do. And she, okay. And it only needs to be like a 30 minute nap. It's not anything crazy, you know, sometimes it'll like on the weekends, it works out. Cause if I can, if I got to drive somewhere to go pick something up or drop something off or whatever, um, I'll tell her, Hey, this is a perfect time to take a nap. And she'll say, okay. So it, it's just interesting the seeing the adjustments in your children, you know, it's uh i don't know man i don't know how much longer this is gonna go on but it's definitely different i think you just just solved my problem with with my six-year-old or seven seven seven-year-old i think i think maybe you're right he's sleeping too late and because he used to sleep like at eight o'clock right and and he's waking up in like just the weirdest mood he struggles doing his work and you know he complains about everything and he just doesn't want to do anything but it's you're probably right. Maybe we just got to get them back on a, on a good sleeping? sleep schedule. Yeah. And they're gonna fight it in the beginning because it's just like, why do I gotta go sleep? <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, it, or like, you know, my kids are big on this. Well, you're not going to sleep. You know, and I'm just like tonight. I was like, all right, uh, eight o'clock. We can get in the shower and get ready for bed. And my kids, I think, still don't really understand the concept of time. They're five and a half, so they understand time based on the light outside if the sun hasn't gone down don't even bring up bedtime yet because <laughs> the sun's out why are you even talking about that you know but 
um, so I was like, okay, we're going to have dinner and then we're going to take a shower. You guys got to go to sleep because I don't want you walking around the house and whining while I'm trying to record, you know? And they were like, okay, because I let them know early and obviously the shower helps. But luckily they they were ready for bed by the time I wanted to record. But yeah, it's definitely the sleeping pattern. And I think uh, even my wife's struggling with it because she hasn't. I don't know. I think everybody in the world right now isn't getting as good a sleep as they normally get. Yeah. And, uh, Iron- ironically, huh? Because we're all in home where we, we can sleep if we want to, but... I just it's... think it's crazy, like, being in a mental place where you're just, like, unsure. Yeah. It's almost like you carry that with you to sleep, you know? Um, But I definitely know that my wife's been struggling. Like she's, I don't think she's getting in as deep of a sleep as she normally would. And she's definitely not going to sleep at a time that she normally would. So I just, you know, it's something we were talking about. It's like, let's just get back on a, on a good schedule and maybe even try to, like, go to sleep a little early for ourselves where, where it feels early. But if you can force yourself to go to sleep, it might, it might change things a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. No, yeah, the sleep habits... I, for me, I think I just want to make sure that they actually get a full amount of sleep. So, right. like, if they go to bed at midnight, then they they're not waking up till past nine or nine, eight, nine o'clock, which is fine because they don't have right. any class that early, right? Um, that's mainly the thing. If they're going to bed at two in the morning, that you know, I'll obviously be like, "Look, I'm up. You shouldn't be up." However, my oldest, he doesn't sleep at all. Like, he is kind of on the graveyard shift now. Like that's yeah. kind of like what he does. Like he'll stay awake all night and then go to bed like at, at like, uh, I don't know, like after his last class at like 11 and then sleep uh, until the, the evening. He's doing the swing shift. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Cause he's, he's getting his full sleep, you know? Right. And yeah. he's not, he's not waking up cranky. He's not waking up. Like he's still getting, you know, he's still getting his near 4.0. He's getting his grades. So I'm like, well, what am I supposed to change? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. I don't, I can't say like, you're not what he's supposed to do. He gets done. Yeah. He's just now doing it on a different, like, time I mean, schedule. honestly, if he's consistent, yeah, it's not bad. As long as he's consistent. Yeah. It's actually not bad. You're still going to get the sleep you need, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like <laughs> it's, uh, I've been waking up at like 3 AM almost every day. I know. And I, I've called you out on it each time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so You're what like, time what time are you going to sleep? Um I could I can lay down anywhere between nine and eleven. I probably won't fall asleep till eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. Mm. Um, but I don't know what it is. Three o'clock, I'll like you know how you toss and turn? You'll turn yeah. over or whatever. So like I turn over, but for whatever reason, when I turn over at three o'clock, it's like I turn over and my eyes are wide open. <laughs> And so then when my eyes are wide open, I'm like, okay, what do you do? You grab your phone. Yep. (laughs) So (laughs) I try to, I basically look at my phone until my eyes are like closing on their own. And that usually happens at about like 4.30. So yeah. And John called me out because I think I sent him something (laughs) on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, you were up early. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I usually don't send stuff to people because I never know if they have their notifications on. But I know I know that John's aren't. So I think that's why I sent him something. 
But yeah, man, I don't know what it is. And it's honestly starting to annoy me because I'm just like, I'm tired of being up at three, four in the morning. You know what the trick is? What? Don't have your phone within the arm's reach. I don't know if that works, man. It will. <laughs> yeah, because you won't, there's nothing else to do. You won't reach for it. You'll just and just, yeah, you'll just, fall you don't get asleep. I think I tried to do that once, not reach my phone. I started walking around the house. Well, then, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's what that's what's going to force you to do. So, like, it, what's going to happen, you're going to probably start training yourself. I'm not going to get up. And you just kind of, like, lay there and you just sleep. Yeah, I need to do that. The problem is if I hear anything at 3 o'clock in the morning, then I start walking outside and doing all kinds of shit. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck, man. I'm going to go back to sleep. Yeah, that's true. You, you'll, you'll do that. But no, I don't know. I get up like I, I go to bed like around one, and I'll be up by like eight eight thirty. So it's not really too bad. Some like Friday night, Saturday nights, I'll stay up later. But I think yeah. it was last uh, Saturday or something. I was up to like three thirty in the morning, and I was like, oh, I was oh, miserable I... the next day. Yeah, I haven't done that in a long time. That's a miserable time frame, though, dude. Like, the, I think if I go beyond two o'clock, I'll be miserable the next day. Like yeah, I need I like the coffee didn't even work, you know. No. Even when like when we stay up, like we stay up past that all the time, right? Right. But yeah, man, you gotta like I I gotta like I gotta get at least four or five hours, I think. What I hate is when we stay up till four o'clock in the morning talking have... black hole or whatever it is. <laughs> right. And then we wake up I wake up at like seven and I roll <laughs> over and you're looking at me. <laughs> And I'm like, this fool's already on his phone, dog. Like, <laughs> he's awake, you know? So then I'm like, oh, now I'm awake. It's like, what's up? And you start talking, that's it. And when we're in an Airbnb versus a hotel room, it's even worse because then first thing we do is like, all right, let's get up. We'll go to the living room. And you hear footsteps. So then all of a sudden, the next person comes out of the room. Next person comes out of the room. And now we're all sitting here at 730 in the morning. Like, all right, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's exactly it's like it. we were just all together three hours ago. Yep. Know? So, yeah, it's yeah. I usually so, sleep early. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I knock out probably before my son sometimes, like at eight, nine. Oh, really? And then, uh, yeah, but I, I'm typically up by like 4.30 or 5 on a normal day. But well, quarantine's yeah. got my sleep schedule all messed up. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm usually up early. That's when I... I like are to you, get up early. Are you working from home right now? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's at home. Well, I, I go to the shop. I pop into the shop once in a while, but everything else is just at home. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I I went back it's, to work uh, like I don't know a month or two ago, but I mean, there's only a few of us at the shop, so it's like I realized I was kind of over panicking. If we're all doing the same thing, then we'd be fine. Yeah, I still have moments where I'm like kind of freaking out because we get like daily shipments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know about this shipment. I don't know like about this driver. I don't know how many places <laughs> is this. You know, like my mind starts to go crazy. So I'm just like, fuck, dude. But uh, when I was working from home, it was just like I felt like I was starting to go crazy. Yeah, you yeah. It's... <laughs> it I just is. I've never had that like situation of being home for that long. You know what I'm saying? I needed, I needed that little bit of, <clears throat> I needed that little bit of drive. I needed that, the different uh, setting, like all of it, I guess, to kind of keep me sane. Yeah, right. Right now, I feel like my my job is 
to go out and do grocery shopping. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't even do that. I'm I'm pretty much the only one in the house that goes out and and grabs groceries and supplies and whatnot. Just to, we don't even do that. Oh, uh, you, you just order to Dude, deliver. Everything is Instacart or DoorDash now, man. Yeah. Instacart. Sure. So my wife, uh, <laughs> she does most of the grocery shopping. I usually do the Costco runs, and um, I I try doing the grocery shopping and. You know, of course, I always get something wrong. So I thought it was something I was doing wrong until we did Instacart. And then she had every kind of complaint about the person that brought the Instacart. So I realized that my wife just needs to do the grocery shopping. She needs to get exactly what she wants. You know, like if she writes down limes on the list, apparently it's a specific type of lime I need to buy. I don't know. But, you know, so she's been doing it. We, we try to honestly grocery shopping we try to go maybe once a month if we can max twice a month but the instacart thing's been helping we've been trying to at least order like the stuff that we get all the time the easy stuff yeah um but you know i don't sometimes i don't know if it's any safer to to do the instacart thing but uh if it saves like even Tonight, my wife went to the grocery store and she was like, I'm just going to go get a few things. She was still gone for, I think, two hours. So by the time you get into the store, walk around the store, get what you need, you get out. It just seems like such a hassle, you know? Well, I mean, the way I look at it, at least for that, like, you know, everyone's trying to say like, oh, I got to limit our contact, right? Uh But if you go to the store, that, that box of cereal that's there, if it has it, it has it. Like, there's really like... It doesn't matter if it's delivered to you if you go and get it. Right. You know, so I'm like, fuck it, just deliver it. I guess my concern is if the delivery person has it. <laughs> right. But if like if you go there and that delivery person is there anyways. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. yeah. You know, I, yeah. I always the raw, you know, the I don't know what the, the terminology is, but like your probability, I think, is the same. I personally yeah. think it's the same. I don't think one is better than the other. You know, and I think, well, and at that, if there's nothing saying that this is the better way of doing it, I'm going to do it where it's going to be more beneficial for my like personal, uh, like things. Like yeah. I don't have to leave the house. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, yeah. like, like I said about the whole Costco thing, you'd have to get up super early in the morning. You want to go get, you want some toilet paper. You got to get up super early in the yeah. morning. Thank God for that. Cause that saved my Saturday mornings. Right. You know what you could be doing on Saturday morning? You could be having making pancakes with your family. Yeah, dude. Because the last time I went to um, Costco on a Saturday morning, it took me six hours. Right. But oh, from when I left my house, went to get in line at Costco, got what I needed, got home, it was six hours. And my daughters were like, Daddy, where'd you go? Right, right. I was like, Costco. <laughs> Literally, Costco. <laughs> what the fuck? I was so annoyed. Yeah. So I was like, that's the last time I want to do this at Costco, you know? Right. No, yeah, and I, and as I said, like if okay, if he, let's say you, you want stuff from Costco, if you're gonna go to Costco, that same delivery driver is gonna go to Costco, right? Yeah. So whether he gets it from somebody at Costco or he gets it from a piece that's at Costco, it doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah. It's right. Probability, I think, is the same. I just think at that point, I want my time back, and that's how yeah. I look at it. I'm not a big fan of the gig economy. I've never been a big gig economy guy you know coming from someone who lives in san francisco who lives around the tech world i just didn't was never a big fan of the gig economy but like you know i 
will love the whole Costco Instacart thing. Order at midnight, it's there first thing in the morning. Like, yeah. It's there before we wake up. I mean, I got, I was getting to the point where I was just like so irritated about it. My wife was even like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, dude, I do not want to do this Costco shit. Yeah. You know, like, I really don't. So thanks to the Instacart, man, it's like you took my one stressor away. It's like, I'm done. And, like, and and the fact that I had to be doing six hours of Costco just because of some fucking toilet paper and paper towel, <laughs> that shit really had me pissed off. Yeah, it's worse. Like huh? I, I was just like, I just still don't understand why the fuck I have to do this. <laughs> right. I should be yeah. able to just get this anytime. Yeah. Like I should be able to go any time of day, any if, if as long as they're open, walk in, toilet paper towel, come home for whatever fucking reason I can't. Nope. And now I'm mad about it because <laughs> someone overbuying this shit has ruined my Saturday mornings. Not someone, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. So. Barry, where do you live again? What city? Uh, right now I'm in Corona. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's it's, yeah. it's pretty pretty quiet here, but same thing. Like I haven't set foot in a Costco since since the quarantine started. Oh, really? Yeah. It's funny because we renewed our Costco membership. I think like a month before mm. and we were excited about it and then it happened and i was like i'm not going there <laughs> we'll send you the link yeah <laughs> the instacart yeah I, I should look into that because yeah tell we me been doing that. Yeah, it's, it's great doordash well, it's i finally perfect. started using doordash and that's that's been pretty convenient for for like last minute meals when we don't want to cook yeah i still haven't done it because like everything that i wanted wasn't on doordash or they had like a limited menu. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is this about? So I was like, yeah, I'll just go get it myself. It, like, for example, like a Thai spot we like to go to, they literally have like a table set up outside. And then it, finally I saw this and I was like, thank you. They have like uh, dirty pens and sanitized pens. Mm. That's oh, that's cool. I've never seen that. Yeah. It's like a mm. big old sign. So they, you know, they, to take your card and they charge you and then they you uh they bring your food and then they ask you to sign and you obviously put your your pin in the dirty pile yeah but that's yeah. it you don't ever have to step foot inside they have markers outside like going towards the parking lot of like every six feet so i'm like i'm fine with this i'll just do this i don't need to do the whole uh, uh what was it not what? instacart but uh doordash doordash yeah yeah i don't i don't use doordash for food I use DoorDash I, for everything else. Really? Oh, DoorDash you, is the one that you can have them like go buy you medicine, right? Like at CVS, and they'll bring it to you. There's a convenience uh, section. Well, what? Well, it depends. But like, what I do with our DoorDash, the DoorDash I used it for is Safeway, like or Ralph's or whatever you want to call it down there. They'll um, they'll you order everything that's on Safeway, and then they have DoorDash bring it to you. Mm. So then the bags are already set. You know, all they have to do is show up at the Safeway, pick up the bags, and drop it off. Why didn't so, we use DoorDash? I'm trying to remember why we didn't use DoorDash. We used Instacart for that. Uh, it depends on the company. Like, Safeway uses DoorDash here. And then um, I used we used DoorDash a couple times for food. And it just it didn't come the way. We, you know what I mean? Yep. yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to, you know, I'll get it myself. But yeah, we've mainly been cooking here at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good Deli- thing, though. Like I, I just got a delivery of Portos. <laughs> I, I saw that. Do that. <laughs> Portos and Milk Bar. 
I'm like, this guy's getting porters in San Francisco, and I'm right here. I need to order something. <laughs> because, dude, porters been having a long-ass line way before the quarantine. I'm like, I'm not yeah. down standing in this line. No, but see, the thing is, what I like about the portos this way, you're baking it yourself. So you get to eat that damn thing right out the oven. Yeah. So is it like on dry ice or something? Or? Yeah. They send oh, it with dry okay. ice. Um, send it with dry ice. It's in like a styrofoam pack or, you know, like those chests. It's a big box. And then we ordered something from Milk Bar, which is in New York. It's that oh, restaurant. That that in New York? Remember that cookie spot that I always want to go to? The yeah, cookie yeah, 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 yeah. And then the crack pie? Yes. Um, that's in New York. That you know, like way out. Oh, there. I just thought you guys had one in San Francisco. Nah, fool. We ordered it from there. You're crazy. <laughs> you know what? I'm about to order a Junior's cheesecake. Yeah, I mean, you can. No, yeah, they said that they'll send it to you the same way. Yeah. Honestly, I never really believed in that stuff. Uh, I actually recently, um, one of my aunts for my birthday, uh, my aunt and uncle sent us like a steak meal from a steakhouse. Oh. Man, it was great. So they sent it was steaks. It was like literally the the full meal, the side dish, and the dessert. And it came in one of those styrofoam chests that you're talking about with uh, dry ice. And I remember right. I was like, "Man, this shit is probably melting in here." Like I was like, "It's not good." And then I uh, pulled it out, and everything was still frozen. So I was like, "Yo, I got faith in this now." Hmm. Yeah, I like it. It's worth it. We did it. We did it. I'll I'll do it again. Yeah. You know, I, since we're on the topic of food, and I think I kind of like, as we're, we're like really deep into this, uh, into this podcast, Barry, you, <laughs> you said you lived in the Bay Area, right? You grew up here? Yes. You yes. grew up in the Bay. So you and I are opposite. I, I grew up in San Diego <laughs> and I moved up to the Bay. So let me ask you this as someone who lived in the Bay and someone who now lives down in Southern California, pick your Mexican food. Bay Area Mexican food. See? What? Yeah. I told you. All day. All day. <laughs> hey, John, can and you do me a favor? It's so... Uh, Just delete the record. <laughs> we don't need to have this podcast anymore. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's funny because this, this isn't the first time I've had this conversation. No, and no. Really? Just say NorCal? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think specifically like San Francisco. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be specifically like that. That, that yeah, Bay what Area. Restaurant? What restaurant in San Francisco? Yeah, El Farlito's good. I like El Farlito. It's it's yeah. it's not the best, but right, right, right. Uh, my favorite. It's in Newark. Um, so like anyone that's from the East Bay Area has probably been there. It's called Taqueria Los Gallos. Oh yeah, that one. That one is actually good. And I don't know what it is. Like it's just the way they season their meat, the cheese that they use, and or maybe it's I'm biased because I grew up in Newark, so you're biased. That was like you my said spot. The cheese that they use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're putting the, cheese in their tacos. Not nah, uh, in their in their nachos. Oh, their okay. Burritos. I was about to, I was about to yeah. say, homie, if we got cheese on the tacos, <laughs> we're done. Nah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what it is. So I, I've I've I think I pinpointed it down to. Like burritos in the Bay Area to me are way better, and tacos down here in SoCal are better, and that's just that's just how I look at it. I'll agree that tacos in SoCal are better. Yeah, yeah tacos <laughs> here. Like I've I've never eaten so many tacos in my life since I moved down here, but burritos I can't find, and maybe it's just, I mean I've been here for about ten years, but I still can't find a burrito that I like better than the ones that I've had up north. You like rice in your burrito, huh? I do. 
Yep, deleting this podcast. Yeah. Deleted, bro. I didn't even let him finish it. I I already knew his answer. I already no, but you know what? I'm not knocking it, and I I get it. And we always say this. I love my burritos in Southern California. I love my Mexican food in Southern California. But you know what? It's it's not because I think one is better than the other. Is because that's what your palate became. Yeah. They cook it completely differently. Do you think that's what it is? It's your palate. That's what you ate all the time. Do you know what my burritos have in them? All meat. Two things. (laughs) And a little bit of bean just to stick the meat to the tortilla. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And then and then if you want to put salsa on it, you put salsa on it. Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's 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 just to me, it's a big taco. That's that's what California. I'm a big guy. I need a big taco. <laughs> like my carne asada burritos down there is just meat, guacamole, and and pico de gallo. That's it. That's in it. That's all I want. I don't need rice, lettuce. I don't need a special sauce. That's lettuce. like yeah, lettuce. Rice. Yeah, lettuce. 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 Los Gallos has lettuce. They fucking put lettuce and rice in this. Soggy mom. lettuce. I'll put some in a oh, bag nice. and microwave it for you. Like what? <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. So like, and I get that because that's like the region that they do here, and I'm not knocking it. I, I you know, I'll eat a burrito. I'll eat a burrito. I'm a burrito. You know, I need a burrito. I'm gonna eat one. But when you compare like how we do it down south and how, and that's why we kind of fight over it is because the burritos in Southern California are big ass tacos. I think I talked about this already. Yeah, that's that's that's. I what took it is. the guys. Um, I took the guys from the East Coast to our Mexican spot over here, right? And I was like, "Yo, you got you know." They said something about Mexican food the first time they came out, and I took them to like another spot that wasn't as authentic. Yeah, because I thought mm, I don't I don't know what they're gonna like, right? And they were like, "Oh, these weren't that good." So I was like, "All right, cool. Next time you come out, we're gonna go to my spot that I go to." Right. And again, it's like regular tacos. If you like onion cilantro, yeah, it's gonna come with it. And then the salsa is really where the flavor comes from. So you put salsa on it. Right. So I took them there, and they still weren't happy. And I'm like, what the hell? And then one of them finally was like, well, where's the cheese at though? Yeah. What? It's like, yeah, like there was no cheese, no lettuce, no tomatoes. And I was like, are you talking about like a crunchy shell taco, like a taco dorado? And then he's just like, no, it's soft taco. And I'm like. Then, then there's no cheese in the taco. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, are you talking about like Taco Bell? Like, what the fuck is this? You know? So now we have this thing. Like, every time they go eat tacos over there, they send me a photo of their taco. Come, like, this Jeez. shit looks like some shit you made at home. <laughs> this is taco, taco Tuesday. Food. You know what I mean? Like, Taco Tuesday at my house is like, is is still like carnitas. Yeah, yeah, you can have some some queso fresco if you want, but it's like onions. Cilantro, right. right? You know, like salsa. <laughs> no, so. yeah. I was not very. No, no, no. I want right. to have fun. With, this is a very fun conversation. I, I, think. I, I think know what I thought you were gonna ask him, right? What? I thought you were gonna ask him about the uh, prime rib. Oh no, 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 no! The, hands down, house prime rib. <laughs> 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 hands down. We're not gonna. We're not gonna go there. That's the one time you root for the North, huh? That's the only time I root for the North. Isn't that kind of weird? No, I mean, it's no. I, it's an experience for sure. Have you had both, Barry? Uh, House, House of Prime Rib? And Lowry's? Um, I, you know what? 
I think I've I've had Lowry's, but I it was not really like a memorable experience. But House of Prime Rib was for sure. Oh man, like, it could have been what I it could have been what I ordered too, because I'm pretty sure when I went to Lowry's, I paid for it, and when I went to House of Prime Rib, I didn't. So I probably <laughs> ordered something better. <laughs> get that? Definitely you know get that. No, it, yeah. it's a Mexican yeah. food thing, I think, because I knew Barry was from yeah. the East Bay, so. That's yeah, so man, Taqueria Los Gallos. That's, that one is, that's no, my that's spot. Like I said, I don't think that one Mexican food is bad. I don't. That's never been my argument. My argument is that I think where your palate grew up with and how they prepare the burritos are different. You know? Yeah, you, I, I think bro. you're. I think you're right. Yeah, it's kind of like what is it, Taqueria Los Gallos? Yeah, uh-huh. it, in Newark. Newark. All right, we're gonna have to do that one day, John. Yeah, let's go. I mean. It'll probably be Dwayne, will, Dwayne will take you. I used to go there with Dwayne all the time. Like, nah, man. Like every week. <laughs> Trust Dwayne's Mexican food. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you told me because <laughs> told me I would never gone. <laughs> I'm kidding, Dwayne. <laughs> well, I oh, trust your man. Mexican food, Dwayne. Sometimes. No, Dwayne knows how to cook. So no, we, Dwayne can cook. I'll yeah. Too, I've, I've never. I've known him my whole life, and I, I've never had him cook for me. What? Man. Yeah, I didn't Probably know. Probably won't, because once you figure it's... out he can cook, we don't leave him alone. He made seasick <laughs> one time. He fucked up on his own and decided to make seasick. <laughs> he has to make that every yeah. time. Right now, he made it here oh. at my house. Uh, oh. We had a one before San Jose. We had a house. We had we had dinner at my house like the Friday night, and um, he made seasick. And ever since then, it's like, nah, bro. You get. We're getting we. We would hand him all the ingredients because I remember what it was. And so, like, we show up somewhere. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> we don't even ask him. We're just like, so, so very, like, I, I got a lot of Filipino friends, right? And I've also <laughs> had seasick from the supposed best seasick place, like in Cerritos. Like, yeah. oh, they make the best seasick. You have to have seasick from there. So, I've had that and I've had seasick at plenty of other places, homemade, all that. Honestly, Dwayne makes the best seasick I've ever had. Yeah, not about the text that full right now. <laughs> and and I know, think he's so mad that he let us know that because he <laughs> has to make it literally. Yeah, it's like John said. Like, we'll go to the grocery store, especially when we're staying in Airbnb. Right? It's like not everyone's gonna go to the store, so we'll come yeah. back with everything he needs. And then Dwayne's <laughs> typically like the type that'll come over and like, oh, here, let me help, like you know, unpack everything out of the bags and shit. And he already realized it. <laughs> Oh, these guys fucking bought everything for the seasick. <laughs> it's like one bag is like completely everything he needs, you know? And I just hand it to him like, here you go, with a big smile on my face. And he's just like, you know that face that Dwayne makes? He's like, fuck. Yeah, it's because he takes his time making it, you know? So I, it takes a while, man. And he's no, just like, shit. It, it's, it's like when he did that, he came to my house like maybe four hours before you guys got there. And we started working on the seasick. Um, him and Michelle started working on it because he he grills it and then he sears it. So it's like there's a lot that he does in preparation for it. So it's a lot of work. Oh man! But, but it's fantastic, man. As, as you need to bug him for it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm gonna text him like right, probably right now. Like I got somebody's <laughs> or I'm I'm about to start spilling his life story on this podcast if he doesn't. Oh, make you know what? Let's uh. So when we have episode 15, you're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, we're starting yeah. episode 15 so... over again. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Barry, we'll we'll keep this episode, man, because John made a good point. Maybe I gotta try this Los Gallos before I, I decide if you're wrong for wanting rice in your 
<laughs> I, I don't it's, like rice in my. It's burger. good. I don't know. No, try the, the only super, time I the ever had quesadilla. Super, super, super. Yeah. The only time I ever had a burrito in in San Francisco, it had rice in it, and I was drunk. And I remember I was like, "Why the fuck is there rice in my burrito?" That <laughs> <laughs> was in the middle of the restaurant, like yelling, "Why is there rice in this burrito? What the fuck? Who ordered? You gave me the wrong burrito." Everybody was like, "What are you talking about, dude? That's what it's supposed to be." I was like, "What?" Yeah, man. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have like California burritos up there. That did that wasn't even a thing. I feel like California burritos were born in in uh, San Diego. Yeah, California burritos, I don't like. I love them. I don't like fries. Put French fries in anything. I I pretty much love it. <laughs> not a big fan. Mm-hmm. Coming from growing up in San Diego too, not a big fan. That's funny. Because I like chimichangas more than anything. Oh, here we go. We're done with the food topic. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking chimichanga. I won't eat that shit just because of the name. I know the chimichanga, dude. Like, what the fuck is that? I know. Oh man, have you guys been to Have you guys been to Tamale Man? And um, I think it's in Carson or Torrance or something like that. Oh, I'll look it up. It's it's crazy. One of my one of my friends came down and she bought like three trays of it and brought it to our house on the way here from like NorCal. And she's like, "This is the best shit you'll ever eat." And it was like the tamale was as big as a burrito, and it was just stuffed stuffed with meat. It was, it's insane. Yeah, look it up. It's in, Somali I think it's man. in Torrance. It's probably like 20 minutes from my house. Bro, yeah, it's, it it's, yeah, look it up. It's, it's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, it's, All right. yeah, it's a must try. Well, anyway. We jump into a few crazy, uh, crazy black hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, thank you for, uh, being a guest on our podcast. Um, I don't, one more time for everybody. What's the name of your podcast? It is Step Into My Shoes. And where can they buy shoes and go get their shoes cleaned at? At United Kicks and at Soulworks on Instagram. At Soulworks, at United Kicks, and Step Into My Shoes. And then the um, Stay Classic, man. If you guys want to check that event out, it's it's fun, man. We do we do our thing just to keep that vibe really family friendly. When do you have it? Like. Um, it's usually the first or second week of December. So I think this week it's like, probably, I'm probably, I haven't set a date yet because I don't know what's going on. Um, but it's either going to be a week before week fest or a week after. Mm, That's right. We were down there. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. I can't go (laughs) too far, too far. (laughs) You come dude, just come down and stay for the month. Man, that's what it's going to be already. Just bring your computers. You'll be fine. I know. I, we don't even know what the world's going to be like in by then. I know. We could do knows. a sleigh ride. It'll probably just be a drive around the parking lot and you just drop off a toy. That's going to wa- probably that's be true. it. Yeah. That's what it should be. I have yeah, ideas. I, I don't think that uh, COVID should stop the, the sharing of the toys. So No. no. There's, always, there's always a way. There's always yeah. a way to do that. Definitely. Yeah figure it out but anyways thank you man i appreciate it i'm glad i got to to get to know you better outside of uh you know when i see see you at events or anything of that nature yeah definitely man it's it honestly it's an it's it's been my honor you know since i listened to your guys launch your podcast and it just really inspired me to keep pushing and keep thinking and you know it really it really did open up my perspective on a lot of things so i you know like i said that it's 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 definitely a huge honor Appreciate it. 
Appreciate you know, it. I tell that to David. It doesn't matter if a thousand people listen to us, as long as you reach one. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for your cool. time too. Thank you guys. Thank you.